0: We are live. We're here. The Sports Change Podcast from the Robert Allenby Studios. Potty, how we going, mate? Doing well, mate. Great to have you back. You are... Oh, I'm going well, mate. Sorry to interrupt. I apologise. Oh, just listen oh. to it, Potty. Oh, I've heard too much of it, mate. I've heard oh. too much of it. No copyright intended, Jane Scully. We just couldn't help ourselves. Oh. oh. Yeah. oh. Of the sweet tunes of the great Western Sydney team, foot of the mountains. Oh, I better stop it before we get sued. Please don't sue us, Jane Scully. We love that tune. Just a Panthers fan here enjoying
1: another win. The first three people. We'll get into that soon enough, won't we?
0: Music we're not going to get sued for, Potty. Should we get into the podcast? Let's do it. We're back. The band is back together, potty.
1: The band is back together and we are ready to go. What a week it has been.
0: Mm, a big week. Um off the grid. Mm, you were. Came back just in time. Yeah. Mm.
1: Just in time to see the grand finals.
0: Yes. Grand I mean, there's been an illness around. Mm. A fever. A yeah. grand final fever for both codes this uh, weekend that has just passed, Potty. But there's been other things that have caught our eye. What has caught your eye, mate? Well,
1: mate, something that's
0: caught my eye has been a case,
1: a cold case that has been sitting in Nevada back rooms of Ooh. old police stations for years now. I'm talking A Tupac. famous case. Yeah, I'm talking the murder of Tupac. Mm.
0: So apparently in this... Didn't week, he fake his death? Yes, well, that, that was, there has been I mean, a
1: few conspiracy theorists floating that one around, I'm not yes. going to lie. But apparently this week there has been an arrest made and there has in fact been a grand jury has indicted Dwayne Keith, Keffy D. Keffy D. Davis on charges of murder with use of a deadly weapon in connection to the 96 murder of Tupac.
0: So, so this is all allegedly at the moment. Yes, yes. But big movements, I mean mm. because it has been it's almost been a cold case but there's been about 45 documentaries on it. Yes. Someone knows something that happened.
1: Oh, definitely. And do you know who knows <laughs> something that happened, mate?
0: Is that? Well,
1: of course the uh, conviction and you said the word allegedly before and we use the word allegedly here. It is mm. allegedly a murder at this stage. Mm. But Keffy D... Keffy D's in the know? Well, he is in the know. And do you know why I know he's in the know?
0: Why is he in the know? He was in the
1: car, mate. He was in the car that night and he has long told people that he was in the car, including in his book where he Mm. said he was in the front seat of the car.
0: This is starting to smell a bit like OJ's book, if (laughs) I did it. If I did it. (laughs) Yeah, so look... Oh, so he wasn't just hitchhiking and no. just ended up in the wrong place. At no, the right no, he was in the front seat. Mm. So
1: he's um, I don't know whether, and we don't know whether he's the one who actually mm. um pulled the trigger, but uh, he was in the car at the time. So yeah. it surprises me that it's taken this long, um, for there to be action taken. But then again, I don't know the ins and outs of the case. But this is big news.
0: Are you suggesting that Keffy D does that?
1: I'm suggesting that Kefi D is as likely as anyone to know since he was in the car. And the the article I read goes on to state that he is the only living member Mm. um, of that car ride to actually be... Yeah, he's the only only one left.
0: He's he's the best source of information. Well, that's right, that's right. And that's the conclusion, obviously, prosecutors have come to at this time. Yes, 27 years after the fact. You Mm. would have thought... Maybe that comes around a bit earlier, but anyway. Yeah. It's justice takes time, Potty. It does, it does. Hmm. Mate, what's caught you eye? Mate, uh, a lot has caught my eye. Obviously, I've had the sabbatical. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, taking a look at the, the scope of the world around us. But um, something that I couldn't avoid, um, Daniel Mortimer, Eel's mm. legend. Eel's legend. Remember Mortz.
1: I remember Mortz. Charged in them
0: and... to the 2009 Grand Final. Yep. Um, now... Mortimer has... Does he have wines? I Mortimer's think he does. wines. I think yeah. Mortimer's
1: Wines. I think it's a family business, so mm. he's a part of that.
0: Well, he's been doing a bit of promotion, or he was doing some promotion around was Mortimer's he? Wines in preparation for the grand final event. Sure. Um, however, something caught my eye, and I'm going to show you an image here, and you tell me what catches your eye. Now, Daniel Mortimer, looking fresh in his old age, but... Oh, I mean, dear, I did. <laughs> has Daniel Mortimer had Botox? Wow, yeah. he has either had a little bit of a touch-up, or he's got the filter cranking. Yeah, he certainly on does. his social media because, um, I mean, he's looking fresh. He's looking smooth. He is. He is. No, but, um, um,
1: no wrinkles there for
0: oh, Daniel Mortimer. Yeah. So, yeah, That's you know, a, yeah. So for a, for an old footy player, can, you know, whose career is has finished? I mean, he's. He's looking pretty sharp. He he's certainly is. He certainly is. I mean, in comparison to Donatella Versace and Carrot Top, I mean, he's yeah. pretty close. He certainly is. He certainly is. But uh yeah, that definitely caught my eye when I saw those. He was obviously advertising a grand final event out at uh, Mortimer's Wines. And I believe it's in Orange. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, out that way. So um yeah, Daniel Mortimer. Yeah. I mean, has he had work? Hello Morts. Know. Yeah, how are you Morts? Yeah. Obviously a listener of the podcast. Yeah, I'd say so. Without a doubt, in fact. But um, what else has caught my eye, mate? Cruise holidays. Oh. Cruise holidays.
1: Have you been on a cruise? I this have lot? never been on
0: a cruise. Mm, it's different. It's different. It's different. It's good. It's yeah. different. Um, I wasn't. Fully prepared, mm. so to speak. Um, I mean, I didn't turn up with my matching T-shirts. No, okay. Um, you know, I wasn't embracing, you know, headwear such as, you know, cornrows yeah, that right. they were offering on the island or, you know, the weaved crowns, yeah, right. you know, that people were taking only for them to be confiscated by uh, customs on the way back in.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Um, I didn't have my mobility scooter. No. <laughs> I mean, because they, uh, they were hot property. Um, however, I before I left... A lot of people suggested that, mate, cruise holiday, you got young kids. It's going to be fantastic. The kids' club is a hoot. The kids love it. That's a lie, mate. Kids' club is a joke. My son couldn't stand it. He lasted 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And um, when I went in there and I looked around, I was like, Yeah, too right, because I'm fucking bored here too. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be here. But luckily for me, he's a a little champion and we are happy to have him hanging around us and, Mm. you know, there wasn't anything we were going to do that we couldn't have the kids with us anyway. So, Kids Club, that got the big thumbs down for me.
1: The only Kids Club that I have seen or that I remember seeing was, um, I was in Fiji at a resort for Mm. my honeymoon. And at that time we didn't have any kids, so... We're just enjoying uh, our honeymoon and um, I noticed that uh, the drop-off was 8 in the morning and uh, the pickup was 6 o'clock at night. The parents were in a very different state at 6 o'clock at night yeah. than they were, when they were picking up their kids. Some were struggling.
0: Yeah, they'd had a bit of fun. Yeah, some it were was, struggling to walk. I mean, duty of care. Yeah. Straight up to the buffet. <laughs> yes. Um, look, something that I noticed, which was, I mean, uh, you call it refreshing, but... Mm. I mean, people just punching darts again. Yeah. You know, being in international waters, no the, smoking regulations, and people just sitting on the top deck just punching durries. On the lung snacks weather. Yes. Yes, right. Um, but also, to talking about, like, throwing it back, um, we went out to – we were in Vanuatu. We mm. went out to this place called Blue Lagoon. So, obviously, anybody who's been on a cruise or been to Vanuatu would have been taken out to Blue Lagoon. Very, very popular. Um They've got rope swings out of Blue Lagoon. Oh, did and, you have a go? Oh, mate. I didn't have a go. I would have, you know, I would say that I'd be capable of having a go. I did a backy off the tree. Yeah. You know, right. That was, you know, that was me stepping out. However, there were some people who had a go on the rope swing who you could tell, you know, didn't understand what a rope swing was about. They probably did. 20, 30 years ago, yeah, they didn't realise that if you can't do a pull-up, there's a good chance that you're probably not going to hold yourself on the rope swing. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, people were just coming in with that attitude like, fuck it, we're on holiday. Yep. I'm bringing back. And I saw some people absolutely pole themselves. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, mate, the, the, the other thing that I find about our rope swings, um, when I've seen people use them in the past, is they forget you've got to do one important thing. Let go. Yes,
0: yeah. yes, that's true. And when the, uh, the local, uh, you know, characters who run the rope swing are doing triple backies off the, and, yes. you know, I mean, it's I not their first rodeo. So, I mean, just because you've come off the, uh, the buffet deck and you've got your nice little van shuttle out to Blue Lagoon doesn't mean you can just jump straight on the rope swing and nail it. Mm. Um, you know people were hitting I mean the belly busters and people hitting the uh, the water and slapping against it whilst being parallel was fantastic yeah it was really interesting I'd taken my son up to get changed he would had enough and you could just hear the cheering every time someone went in and then you'd get the ooh, and I was like quickly running down to see what happened because yeah. you would know what had happened yeah. just by the change of mood. <laughs> oh, I can picture it now. It was fantastic, mate, but, um, you know, the buffet, the buffet was a hit and, I mean, I apologise to absolutely, I'm just going to apologise to everybody on the uh, on the ship because, I mean, the amount of crop dusting I did in the lifts was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, You know, but in the fair income department, it doesn't get any better than holiday destinations with zero zero regulation body. Mm. You know, the ability for me in Vanuatu to drive a modified boat that was like a hybrid between a jet ski and a speed racing style mini catamaran Mm. with a four-year-old in between my legs and drive that steering in an open harbour was just magic. (laughs) 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 No licence... Driving within an arm's length of our cruise ship, <laughs> no way in the world you're getting away with that back here.
1: No, no, that is certainly not going to meet regulation. Um, the company running that or the individual um, driving that is getting in for a big fine.
0: No, no yeah, they were good over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, holidays, it was good. It was interesting. It was an adventure, um, both in and out of the ship. Yep. Yes. Happy days. Um You know, grand final week, mate And obviously I'm going to hammer the punters with what's caught my eye Because I've I've been away But, um, you know, grand finals You think of performances under pressure Mm. And we saw some really good performances on the weekend But, um, you know, when we think of performances under pressure We think of, you know, the Sattlers, both John and Scott Yep John with the broken jaws Scott with that tackle Yep Uh, Michael Morgan's pass to Kyle Felt Sorry, Broncos fans Yep Um, Benji's flick pass The list is endless Potty
1: Of course
0: I'm going to make A controversial You know Suggestion On who could join This list mate Because a mate of mine Has played a full Touch football Grand final On the Sunshine Coast While turtlenecking Oh (laughs) After feeling The urge to take a shit On his way To the game uh, He was also Running late Played through Adversity Leading the Springer swingers to victory. Oh. Class act. And, um, you know, finally, I'm going to have to take my hats off to the last episode, mate. I was away. Um, We had a bump in the downloads. I must congratulate yourself and your wife. And, um, you know, there was nothing that didn't go as smoothly as would be expected, but... I mean, being away from your classmates for a period of time, you know, sometimes you find out things about them <laughs> that you don't really go. know. But um, just something that I picked up from last episode.
1: So, look, when you kind of carry on with that sort of behaviour, and if I'm going to be throwing penis of the week at other people for their behaviour, I've got to be able to um, take it on the chin myself when that tag gets thrown <laughs> my way. So, take it
0: yep. on the chin, eh?
1: Oh, hang on,
0: sorry. <laughs> Taking penis on the chin, Potty. Oh. I mean, I I almost came to an abrupt halt on the Pacific <laughs> Highway when I heard that. But, um, you know, what do they call it, a fraudulent slip, that one? Or? Yeah, well, the wife didn't let me get away with it. No, she and I mean, that was impressive as well. She yep. did a great job, and thank you for stepping in. And, I mean, yeah, on the ball. She's royalty here at the sports detention. Thank you, mate. It's great to have you back should we um jump right into the footy? Certainly should.
2: The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion.
1: Oh,
3: get that idiot.
1: All right, mate, it's been a huge week in footy, obviously the grand finals. And um, But just mm. just the entire week with the Dally M's, the NRL W Grand Final, the build-up to both of them, it is just absolutely huge. But, mm. of course, we start at the, the main event, the NRL Grand Final, and your mighty Penrith Panthers make it three in a row, unheard of in the last 40 years. Mm. And apparently only about the seventh or eighth team in history to ever win more than two in a row. Obviously, St. George, 11 in a
0: row. Yeah, definitely in the modern game. Obviously, the salary cap era plays a plays a massive role in in squad management. So yeah, it's unbelievable. As a as a fan, I couldn't be more pleased. Mm. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, around the I think the 57th minute area around then, when Ezra Mam started yep. cutting us to ribbons, um, you know, I was pretty concerned, especially when Isaiah Yo copped a head knock. Um, you know, and then we gave away a, a clumsy strip penalty. I thought, that's the game. You yeah. know, the Broncos were coming in. But, uh, yeah, very, very pleased as a fan.
1: Yeah, oh, de- definitely, definitely. So the, the Broncos, um, unfortunately, now hold the record for surrendering the biggest lead ever in a grand final. They gave mm. up a 16-point lead. Um, it, it was a really interesting match for mine um, from the point of view that you sit there and a lot of people – just on face value, you would go, oh, my God, the, the Broncos absolutely capitulated and, um, and and shat the bed and mm. basically, I suppose, lost the grand final. But if you go back and you break it up, besides maybe a two-minute period just before halftime and then a 15-minute period after halftime, it was a very even contest and Penrith oh, were yeah. probably the, the better team. Broncos did what they did all year. When they mm. struck fire, they just went bang, bang, bang. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean the Broncos were good. Mm. That's how that's how where I sit as a fan is I go, Well, that's such a, a sweet victory as a fan, as a Penner fan, because of how good the Broncos were. Yeah. They were dangerous every time they got the football. Yeah, oh, and that's that's their you big know, calling card, isn't it? You know, I mean early in the game they made some early errors. Yep. Um, you know, which is always a concern when they put those tries after the second half on, you go, well, Penrith's had so much possession early in the game and they were so clinical but didn't get points. Are we going to pay the price of that once the Broncos caught fire? Um, You know, Farnworth, Reynolds and Cobbo and Staggs made early mistakes, but um, they weren't made really to pay for it on the scoreboard. Um, I think, you know, you can't crucify Herbie Farnworth for his error that led to the first try no that that's a set play yeah and I think at this point in time where the the short dropout is just being introduced by most teams um you know it it is what it is you know um Mitch Kenny you got to take your hat off to him for because he read it he Mm. came in and sort of trickled in behind the line there thinking oh well if it gets battered back here I can pick up some crumbs and he, he got it um You know, I think over the next 18 months, those short dropouts are just going to morph into a sort of a rugby style contest. I think players, teams are going to get really good at kicking them. A lot of the time it's a bit 50-50 at the moment, giving away the penalty or, you know, getting it. But um, I can see halves and teams really perfecting that short dropout. Um, I understand why they do it because yeah. at the end of the day, you know teams are so good with their structured defence. It's it's pretty easy to defend a team ten metres out from your own line.
1: Yeah, you need you need to make more um more contests where you can make contests. Mm. I, I'd love to see if I'm an NRL coach a bit more variety. So obviously the short well, Reynolds one, tried it. Yeah, you know yeah. with
0: his he tried he had the short ones had yeah, the no punch, success yeah. and then he, the punch yet yeah, that's always a good one. Um, yeah, so Desi I
1: think tried to bring this in ten years ago with the Bulldogs, and basically it, it didn't last more than mm. half a season. Been ahead of his time, Desi. Yes,
0: yeah, uh, but I, I mean, it's yeah, it's the the juice is definitely worth a squeeze for the for the you know, for teams that are looking to you know get the opportunity to get that football back. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I think Adam G referee, I think he had a good game. Did you have much on that?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought Adam. I thought, he did, I thought he refereed really well. Do you know what I'll say? He refereed that game the way I'd like to see all NRL games refereed. Mm. I thought he stayed out of it. I truly believe a lot of referees out there like to put their stamp on the game to start mm. with. I'm the one in charge here, and they're looking for opportunities to give away um, six agains or penalties to, and I to I don't assert, an authority. assert their assert their authority. And I don't even think it might have... Like, it's just a natural thing. You're the one in charge. You need to show mm. who's boss. Don't cross the line. And I know if it came out that team, teams would try and take advantage. I'm not saying the penalty shouldn't be awarded earlier in the game, but there was no – I wasn't looking at that game the other day and going, oh, Cheesy should be blowing some penalties. Mm. I was enjoying the contest, and he was staying out of it, and it'd be nice to see more of it. Yeah. Would you suggest?
0: Yeah, I, I think it was really good. It was, you know, obviously he he had minimal impact for most of the first half. I mean, if I was going to, you know, be picky with his performance, which I would be being picky, is the penalty that was given away just before halftime, which led to the Broncos try. You know, it shows how important good officiating is. Mm. You know, and if you put your stamp on the game early, you wouldn't have had to give that penalty away, but we could have been had three or four early penalties which would have just frustrated the fans and probably taken away from the spectacle. So I understand why he gave it, yeah. but when he gave that penalty, I was like, well, there was probably four or five others that if you're going to give that one, you should have given it then.
1: Yeah, so I'm a little bit torn on that one, and I guess – in summary, I, I pretty much agree with you. I I thought that was a valid penalty. I thought I thought Ooh. it was Spencer Lina, but it were I I, you, I think you said I it believe was it's of, I, Isaac
0: uh, Tungo. Okay, Isaac, yeah.
1: Isaac Tungo pushed him down, um, and but I was sitting there. Well, basically because I was cheering on the Broncos myself, and my wife were watching it.
0: Mm. You know what's good for you.
1: Yeah, I know what's good for me, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, Essentially, we were both saying about time because yeah, yeah. there'd been a couple in a row, and as a Penrith supporter, it's interesting to hear that you were you were saying the same thing because you know when you're watching a team, yeah, playing, yeah, I, I just, yeah.
0: But the fact that that then led to a try, which was a massive try, like you know when you've had the the possession that Penrith and the good ball that Penrith had had for the majority of the first half to be going in eight 0 you're going job done yep. to go in eight six you're going, oh, man, like um, we haven't taken advantage of the opportunities we've been given. So, yep. it, And then the Broncos made us pay after the you know second half. The Broncos came out firing.
1: Yeah, they did. Mm. And Tommy Flegler, gee, he's going to be a loss. He, yeah. I thought he was the real difference maker um, at the back end of the first half. Obviously, he got that try. But he came out at the start of the second half and he was – a beast mm. He was an absolute beast So He's going to be a loss For the Broncos And a huge pickup For Redcliffe Next year
0: Yeah And I, I mean The middle of the match Was all the Broncos Yeah it know. was um, You know They cut Penrith to ribbons At mm. certain points Early in the first half Penrith Showed their defensive structure And what they Tactically had Designed to do To try and cut off That early ball To the outside backs yep. um, Which was working um, But the Broncos Looked dangerous Every time they shifted the ball Yes Their speed Was you know Undeniable um, You know And there was some Brilliance there But just that pass Didn't come off At yep. times um, Or it got cut off By Penrith's um, Rush defence That they were using Sort of blitzing in From, from the half Or the centre to, yep. to cut off that um, Outside play Um. You know, Walsh, Mam, Haas, Carrigan and Farnworth, you know, they were dangerous every time they carried the footy, you know, and, I mean, Mam will get the plaudits for his hat-trick, but, you know, a lot of it came off the back of, you know, other players just taking advantage and hitting with, with speed, in particular Walsh, yep. or poking their nose through, such as Haas, Carrigan, getting the offloads. So, yeah, I think there was the... The quality was spread across the Broncos' back line. It wasn't just Ezra M. No. As the headlines may point out. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And that's been their big strength. Um, they've got quality everywhere. Essentially, if you go through their 1-13 to 13 in particular, you're like, well, who would look out of place mm. in a team, an NRL team of the year jersey? And none of them is the answer. They're all strike everywhere.
0: Yeah. So Isaiah Yoko goes down, mate. I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's just not going to be our night. Yep. You know, that was where I was at. And it's far easier to do that when your team's just come off the back of two premierships yep. than it would be as a Broncos fan sitting there going, we need a premiership, we had one ripped from us. Yep, eight years know, ago. You know, eight years ago and we haven't won one since 06. Yep. Um, and when Cogger then gives away the strip penalty, I thought, yep, yeah, this is... It's just going to be one of those those nights. The you know the dynasty is appears to be you know drifting away here. Um, you know at this point, I think the Broncos wanted Penrith to be desperate. Yeah, but the opposite happened. Penrith didn't. They just and I know yourself and Jade mentioned it last week. Is that Penrith stuck with Plan A? Yep. You know, it was you were saying that they obviously almost don't have a Plan B, but the Plan A they were, and I think the Broncos wanted them to throw it around and look for a Plan B because Plan A didn't appear to be working. But Penrith just stuck with Plan A.
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting discussion, and I think you're right. Uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of a – like. it's easy for me to say this – a little bit of a strange idea about the worst thing that I think happened to the Broncos. I can go through a couple of errors that they made, Mm. such as Herbie Farnworth being very frivolous with the ball when they were 20 yards out, Adam Reynolds taking a settler on the last play 20 Mm. yards out, centre field, Pat Carrigan knocking the ball on, coming out of trouble. Those were all issues that that gave Penrith good ball and probably didn't force Penrith – It gave Penrith the opportunity not to play that flashy style Mm. of we've got to score now. Penrith just went, okay, we'll grind. Oh, you're giving us good field position. Okay, thank you. So they probably weren't forced into that position. So Broncos probably wanted them to, but didn't push them to be in that area. I think the worst thing that happened to the Broncos, now this is going to sound really strange and you can carve me up about it, they came out after halftime, Ezra scored a cracking try. What should go down as one of the great grand final tries, his mm. first one, that was just a cracker.
0: You spoke about Stacey Jones the other yeah, week. Yeah,
1: that's right. It was similar, wasn't it, in, in a lot of ways. Then he um, scored another one. I think the worst thing that happened was he scored another one really, really quickly Yeah. because so many times throughout the year, the Broncos have shut teams out of games because they've gone bang, bang, bang. And then their natural probably reaction is one of two things. They go bang, 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 and they win by 50, or they've scored enough that they get over the line and they haven't been made pay for it. I think Broncos players genuinely believed after Everett scored that third try, they were like, oh, it's
0: done. The game's
1: done. It's done. And I can't blame them for that because do you know what? I was sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, it's over. Mm. I can't believe this. The Broncos are going to win. Like, they're going to absolutely flog them. But that mentality, slipping into those young players, your Reese Rolsh, your Ezra Mem, your Pat Carrigan, who haven't played on the big stage before in an NRL grand final, led them to make some ordinary mistakes, mm. which allowed Penrith back into the game. Leota's first try Soft as Cleary just running across field Capewell being a bit lazy Straight Mm. through Finds Leota um, Running back up the centre
0: What Front rower is making that extra effort?
1: Um Probably one that's just come on fresh because yeah. Isaiah Yo had been I mean, cause, um, taken off. Yeah, you know, like Collins,
0: we, we spoke about mm. it in Origin, that was the effort that he made for Queensland at times. But for, for Moses to, to push through the line like that and keep going yeah. to back Cleary up, I mean, it was, yeah.
1: And how many Broncos players were, were chasing back through? Mm. You didn't see anyone else in the picture really. So th- that's that. So, what leads me to believe that they... Q in the rack, job done.
0: Yeah, so but it's also too, this is the part where I think fatigue really started to kick in for the Broncos because, you know, and we'd spoken privately where I I mentioned that I think the way Adam G refereed the game benefited both Brisbane and both Penrith in two very different ways. Mm. I think the speed of the game benefited the Broncos and I think the way the game was played benefited Penrith in terms of fatigue being a factor because Penrith are so fit. Yeah. So I think that's where the 50-50 was. And it was at this point that the Broncos started to feel fatigue when Cleary yeah. cut through. Yeah, and that,
1: that that's a good point. And, and it's where those errors at the beginning of the game when they did so much defence started to go, oh, actually – That adrenaline of those three tries has worn Mm. off. I am pretty tired.
0: Yeah. And this team aren't throwing the ball around Mm. playing razzle-dazzle. They're actually expecting – we've got to go back and dig the boots in. Yeah. Yeah. So it was was completely, um, you know, different to what I think Brisbane would have expected Penrith to react. And, um, I mean, it ended up working for Penrith. I mean, things did – it wasn't just that game plan that went their way. I mean – Stephen Crichton gets two repeat sets mm. from kicks. Adam Reynolds, like you said, passes it off to, I believe it was Pia Kura. Yep. He passes it off to him and runs it on, I'm sure, certainly he's run, he obviously didn't realise it was the fifth tackle. Yeah. You would you would think he would have wedged Penrith into the corner. Yeah, or at, at the
1: very least shifted another one wide and get Katoni running and, and buried mm. in the corner. You know.
0: Like, Cleary hits a 40-20 hmm. on the back end. So that's, you know, when you're talking about, oh, we're in it, you know, the arguably the best player in rugby league at the moment is turning the screws yeah. if you're a Brisbane player. Crichton gets a, you know, repeat set which was really just about putting it on a dime and then the enthusiasm of both Crichton and Tottenham to get down there and smash Walsh back into his end goal. Yeah. And next time he does it, you know, Katoni Stag saves it, you know, like gets dragged back. So yeah. Penrith are starting to turn the screws, but it's coming from unexpected, you know, service, whether it was Crichton, really. It was, yeah. you know, a lot of the talk has been about Nathan Cleary taking the game by the scruff of the neck. But, you know, there were other contributors within Penrith's system that, you know, and it was almost that some of them were changes that were forced upon them. Like, I think, if it was, in my opinion, Jack Cogger, playing direct and Cleary moving into a 5-8th role was what changed the the structure of Penrith's attack and really made the Broncos think.
1: Well, it lit Crichton a light because mm. he was getting good ball off Cleary instead of getting zero ball off a very wounded um, Luai.
0: Well, what it was is, is Brisbane had a very similar defensive setup where they were cutting off that early ball out wide mm. and it was forcing Luai to skip back inside yep. in many instances in the first half and early in the second half so they were getting the ball out off the sort of the yo block play Cleary off to Luai trying to get early ball but Brisbane were cutting it off and Luai was finding himself skip through Luai comes off Cogger plays direct squares up the hips of the inside players so he's keeping those you know the forwards and the and the back rowers looking on the inside because is it coming is it not and they were holding off, and then Clear is getting that early ball with time and space for the outside backs. So it completely changed the structure of Penrith's um, offense. It wasn't, you know, what they had expected to do. It was just out of, you know, circumstance of losing a player due to injury. And you know, cogger has been doing that in the last few games. Leading oh, into that,
1: he's been brilliant, and he's yeah, going to you know, be an absolute. There. He's been an absolute. He's going to be a great buy up at Newcastle, mm. half or five eight. I'm not sure. But just, just another one who seems to have benefited dramatically from the, um, from the Penrith system. We saw Sean O'Sullivan, mm. who obviously moved up. Matt Burton was in the halves in the Penrith system before that, obviously out mm-hmm. at the Bulldogs now, and it's done, done some pretty good things. And I think I brought this up the other week on the show, but I'll bring it up again. Your man, big fan of... Um, Schneider, is it Brad Schneider? Brad Schneider, yeah. yeah, he he, comes, he, yeah. He's just signed uh, with Penrith for next year, hasn't he? Two, year. Two, two years. Two years, has he? Yeah. Uh, I was I was going to say, if it was only a one-year deal, if you were a club like the West Tigers or or somebody who desperately needs a halfback, would you just go sign him on November 1 for the following <laughs> year knowing he's going to get a season at Penrith?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Schneider, I think he's a bit, I don't know if it's just the headgear, but he's a bit more of the Matt Burton mould mm. than he is of the uh, O'Sullivan Cog mould. Um but you if you're Schneider, you're rubbing your hands together. You're going, let's let's start preseason tomorrow because mm. I want to I want to get to work. Yeah. You know, it's um and it's a really good opportunity for a player like that. Dane Laurie comes back. Um I i be interested to see where he sort of ends up in the scope of the squad, Dane Laurie. Um, you know, I've got massive raps on him. He was just wrong place at the wrong time at the Tigers. Yep. Um yeah, so I'm hoping he can come back and contribute as well. So, mate, I've got a big question for you though. Throw it to me, mate. The fullback debate. The fullback debate. So obviously Broncos are going to come under up under a lot of salary cap pressure in the next couple of years. It just happens with success. Um, but if you were to ask any kid kicking the footy around the park or playing in the playground at school who you wanted to be, I would say most would say Reece Walsh. Yep. You know, he's just a he's got superstar written all over him at the moment. Speed, power, excitement, he's a joy to watch. As a coach, I'm taking Dylan Edwards every day of the week. Mm. You know, when you look at that match and look at the way Dylan Edwards carried the football back in comparison to Reese Walsh getting trapped in his in-goal, I think three times. Yep. Running across field, just looking for that superstar play. You're looking at the effectiveness of what your team needs, and you can see where Dylan Walsh, for me as a fan who you know has watched rugby league for decades, I look at re, at Dylan Edwards and I go, "That's value. That's yeah. value. That's what I need in my team." You know, I don't need that player who's going to command probably one point six million a season when he comes up for renewal. I need the player who's going to be so effective for the system that I'm trying to play as a, as a coach.
1: Yeah. So agree with what you're saying. He, he is just so valuable to any club he goes to. And if you are a struggling club, like kicking the Tigers, I know, but the, the poor old West Tigers, the Dragons, mm. um, if, if a number of other clubs, the Bulldogs... And you get a choice whether to buy Dylan Edwards or Reese Walsh. I'm telling you to buy Dylan Edwards every day of the week because of what mm. he's going to bring, the consistency, culture. Nah, the culture, etc. The et professionalism. That being said, Reese Walsh is that X-factor player mm. that can do things that no one... Else can do so. I read some stats the other day where um, Reese Walsh in the grand final ran for 96 meters or 98 meters or something like that, Dylan Edwards 296 meters, something like that. However, Dylan Edwards five tackle bus, Reese Walsh 10 tackle bus. Mm. So they're very different players. What Reese Walsh needs to do is he needs to find ways to make himself more valuable when the chips are down, Mm. when things aren't going. All that well. And James Tedesco needed to find that as well five years ago, six years ago, and he found it. Mm. That's what's going to turn him from a very spectacular X factor can make you, instead of win by 20 points, win by 50 points, into the Australian fullback. Yeah. Because I think if the Australian fullback was getting picked now, which it is...
0: But yeah. um, <laughs> and Ted, I think it's actually James Tedesco. And, it wasn't, and Teddy <laughs> wasn't
1: getting picked, I think you would probably have... Dylan Edwards before him,
0: yeah. I mean, Dylan Edwards didn't get selected in the squad. No, I the squad up. I don't yet, think Reese did either. Yeah. Though, um, look, dads at home with kids who are absolutely froth footy. Hmm. I think this is something you just go. You, it's an opportunity now for you to teach your kids the difference between Reese Walsh and Dylan Edwards. Yeah, and if you're a coach at the elite level, coaching a Reese Walsh, you are highlighting to them the difference between them. And Dylan Edwards Yep And going There is going to be times Within your week to week rugby league Where you are going to have to find your inner Dylan Edwards Yep We love what you bring But if you want You know the 1.6 million a season From our cat You need to be able to find both Reese Walsh and Dylan Edwards in your game
1: Yep Um, Definitely And Caelan
0: Pong has come under
1: the same sort of criticism Yeah
0: yeah, but no, I mean he's Dalian player of the year. Of course. Of course. Hang
1: on. <laughs> Steady on.
0: Um, yeah, you know, Walsh will get his million a season contract when he hits the open market. Haas has re-signed on for one point two. I can only imagine that Walsh and Mam are going to command, you know, what they're going to command after this final series, mate. Yep. Um Walsh is currently on four fifty, Mam on two forty. Zero tackle stats. They do they do really good, so zero tackle They yeah, do yep. really, really good. So Love for the any of the that want to listen to it, um, they do really, really good feedback and information on player contracts and the like if you're looking for these numbers. Corey Oates currently has a player option for both 24 and 25. Now, I believe they're in a renegotiation around that. With Jesse, Jesse Arthurs, Dean Mariner and Tristan Saylor signed on, I, for some reason, can see this player op- option disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's
1: already been talk that Newcastle might be after him. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's either that or there's going to be a bloke hiding in the bushes at Red Hill with a balaclava and a Louisville slugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, you know, I just, yeah, you know, I can't see how Corey Oates doesn't end up and we don't end up getting hit by a train. <laughs> 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 is that, is that? St- <laughs> um, oh. I don't see how Corey <laughs> Oates doesn't get renegotiated or or just uh, it's time to move on
1: yeah i i think so as well i mean in terms of the cap pressure the player option for the next two years is an interesting one i've never been much of a fan of the player option because i don't think it benefits the club whatsoever Mm. the player is going to take it if they're not playing well and the yeah that's true and the play and um the player is going to ask for more and not take it if they're playing if they're if they're playing really well Mm. so it's it's I've never really been a big fan of it And the Broncos seem to have got themselves In a little bit of a pickle around that one Newcastle might be their saving grace Because they're losing Dominique Young To Mm. to the Roosters Who, um, you know, they don't run into those sort of problems But, (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah And, um, yeah, so I guess I guess that... Corey Oates has had a really rough season with the injury, but this time 12 months ago he was probably top three or four wingers in the competition, had an mm. absolute cracking season. So someone might pick him pick him up. Uh, they are going to face salary cap pressure. They're already going to face that challenge next year. They're losing Flegler, yep. uh, Herbie, Farmer's, the Herbivore, yeah. and Keenan Pagliasio as well is off to the Titans. So that's three players out of their... Top squad that they're going to have to bring in and replace I'd imagine the year after They will also lose more Mm. And how they're able To balance that pressure and deal with that pressure Is really going to be uh, Telling us, they're obviously going to lose Adam Reynolds In a couple of years Either next year when he's off contract or they sign him for another Years, but but he's 33 Mm. He'd be 35 at the time his Next contract started should they give him one He's not going to be playing this time in three years, I wouldn't imagine. So, they're going to get some salary cap relief from that point of view. That being said, I don't think he's on ridiculous money. 750 I believe. Mm. So, not huge pickies. Um, Yep. You know, with the introduction of the new team, the, the Redcliffe, teams are losing players without even really experiencing high-level success. We saw it with Para 12 yeah. months ago. We're seeing with the Broncos now. People poaching players just because, oh, they're making the finals. Let's get them. They're off contract. Yeah.
0: Back to the grand final, mate. The GF, mate. The um, player ratings. Now, I came across this article from the Daily Mail. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to out the uh, the journal on this one. Josh Olston. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to give Josh the, um, the benefit of the doubt on this mm. one. Josh didn't watch the game because <laughs> he's given the player ratings and some of these. And I know it's obviously an opinion piece um, and we're, we're, we're making jokes here, Josh, so don't get, get, get upset. And yep. if you do, just two story walking, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but some of the player ratings on this, have you looked at some of the player ratings I'm on this? I'm scanning through them now, mate, and now, the first one that's come across, if I can. Yeah, go. Mitch
1: Kenny, a four.
0: Yeah. I mean, please. <laughs> like, honestly. There is not a player on the field that day that was under a five. Oh,
1: there, there wasn't a player that was anywhere near under a five, let alone Mitch Kenny. Yeah. You either didn't watch the game or you do not understand football at all if you're giving Mitch Kenny a four. His start to the game, his tenacity, his service, yeah. his effort to be in that
0: position to school, that's right. So mean, some <laughs> of these Billy Walters are three. Oh, what! <laughs> so, looking at the time of publishing, it was it was published at ten thirty eight. So the game had only just finished. I swear, this bloke has just grabbed the stat sheet and then just gone. Oh, let's just take some numbers down and write some uh, write some reviews here. Yeah, if um, I can, he's
1: given Selwyn Cobo a six point five, uh, and Katoni Staggs a six. Oh, Katoni
2: was heaps <laughs> better than Selwyn, like a
1: mile better. <laughs> Selwyn, like, he didn't have his best game. I'm not going to kick the bloke, but he he, he, he was – you didn't really spot him much out there. He was pretty quiet is, is the, the yes. best way to put it. While Cotone might have made a couple of errors, he was beastly in attack
0: yeah. and unbelievable in defence for the majority of the game. So, um, you know, you have dodged the penis of the week area, Mr. Olston, but – yeah, look, mate. I'm going to suggest, and I'm going to give you the the benefit of the doubt, buddy. Because I, there's two things that have happened here. Number one, is your editor has said, mate, I need content and I need it now. Or number two, you just have been on the piss and winged it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> look,
1: I, 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 he, he's given um, he's given Cleary a ten and
0: Ezra Mamma a nine. So yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Is he a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So moving on from that, the, the player ratings, I mean, people are going to publish them, but do they really mean anything? No, no. No, definitely not. And I think you nailed it.
1: No player on that field the other night was under a, a six. Yeah, I,
0: I, I was being generous, yeah. you know, and, you know, protecting myself by saying a five, but you could say a six, yeah, absolutely. That, it was a cracking game of football. Yeah. Um. NRLW, mate. Yep. Uh, Newcastle, back-to-back, beating the Titans 24-18. Um, I mean, Jade absolutely nailed this. Tamika abs- uh, Upton was absolutely The on, girl? Yeah, she was on the money mm. with that. Uh, she really took the game by the scruff of the neck when, when they needed.
1: She does. She, she was just all class when they needed it.
0: Yeah, and Jessie Southwell found her boots um, when it was needed as well, nailing the last couple of goals. But, yeah, she missed
1: the first couple, but yeah. then...
0: She just so,
1: poultry in motion that mm. kick. It's just beautiful.
0: Did you see the howler? Going to the left side. Yeah. i mean, been. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> been? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, should, should we just, you know. It's a good day. <laughs> should we just move on? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's why fans get frustrated. Um. However, I did. I did really, really enjoy the throwback, mate. The pub sponsors for footy teams. Oh, love Couldn't it. Couldn't help but notice the back of the Knights jersey. The Delaney Hotel. The Dell. The Dell. The Dell on Derby Street. Um. You know, any Novocastrian understands. You know, the who's who of Newcastle has knocked back a few schooners at the Dell. Yeah. Um. But I mean. Potty. If only Fanny's was still over. It's oh. the, <laughs> oh. the sponsorship, though. It is the sponsorship. Um, Rightio, mate, some footy discussion points. Um, we'll go. Back, we'll take a step back into last week. The Dallium medal, mate. What yep. was your take on the Dallium? Oh,
1: look, most years I say out of the Dallium, look, you know, the system, it, it it's not exactly 100% right, but you know what? At the end of the day, they don't often get it wrong. So, obviously... Sean Johnson missed out, who had a cracking season, and Mm. he was most people's tip going in. Absolutely. And Kalen Ponga got it. Mm. Kalen Ponga was the best player in the competition, I would say, and pretty comfortably for the last 10 rounds of the year. Yep. But for the first 17 rounds of the year, he was hurt, he was away, barely played, Mm. and
0: then he comes in and plays 10 really good rounds in a row. I mean... So, yeah. the, the interesting thing here is, and it's happened quite often, is, um, you know, Sean Johnson was the Dallian Player of the Year in anybody. It's, it's a matter of the system that, is, that it continues to see the best player of the year miss out on the Dallian. Yep. You know, you think about when Jack White won it. Nathan Cleary was the Dallian Player of the Year. Yeah. You know, it has happened so often. Gus Gould on his podcast just goes, yeah, no surprise. Um, the point system doesn't work. Yeah. It's never going to work. It only it advantages the players who are the best players playing in teams that aren't making the eight mm. or are just on the back end of the eight because they are carrying the teams and picking up all the points. Yeah. Jared you know.
1: Hayne won a M in 2014 in a team that finished 10th. Yeah. They finished just outside the eight. They won 14 games and he probably polled
0: two or three in every single one of those games. He won those 14 games for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't understand. Why is it the media that does this? I know it's a media award. Why is it not the coach and the captain of each team? Yeah, it's So if you're gonna go the six points the way yeah. it is, why don't you go the coach and the captain of each team? Because what happens So is sh- every yeah. because and the reason why I propose this is because every year that there is a Dalian medal yeah. that people just go, Well, that was bullshit. What happens is the RLPA brings out their Players Player Award, and it is the person who should have won the Dali M. Yeah, because the players have voted for it. Yep. So why is it just the media go? Well, this is our medal. We own the Dali M. We're not going to, you know, we want our our you know representatives to be littered throughout it, and it's it's our medal. Go and do one. Yeah. Oh. Or are they just completely oblivious to the flaws in the system? Because it doesn't recognise the best player of the season. I
1: no, it, it does. It's certainly becoming a little bit regular that it doesn't recognise the best player of the season, and it, it is their award. So I'm guessing that's why media personalities. Vote on these awards, and I, I don't agree with who they vote. I think they have their favourites, and oh, of course they do. And they vote for them because it leads into a story that they're going to be writing about, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The coaches and the players—how it work? Would it would it be they have to vote for players from the other team, or because I'm sitting there thinking if Canberra get done by fifty, Ricky's still going to put, you know, Elliot Whitehead as two points. So
0: I, I think the coaches and the players. Would be less inclined to do that, okay? Because it's their professionals, yeah. You know, you're, uh, you know, you would look at. I think the referees. There are some flaws in the referees, yeah. Having that, that's the AFL model, isn't it? The referees, yes, yeah. yeah in the brown low, so the referees, but I mean, an example of that too, and the way the media. I, I don't believe Ivan Cleary's got the best relationship with the media. Mm-hmm. There's certain, probably certain members. It, it just feels that way. I don't know. I'm just completely throwing it out there. Ivan Cleary has not won Coach of the Year in the three premiership years that Penrith have won.
1: Yeah, I, I just can't come at that. Like, who who is the best coach in the competition? It's been Ivan Cleary for four years now, or three years now.
0: He won it in 2020 when we lost the grand final.
1: Paul Gallen came out the other week and said the – um, team that wins the Dell EM That should be coach uh, Sorry The minor premiership That should be coach of the year Because that's when Points stop getting added up They yeah. don't get added up In the finals So At that point It should be That the, the coach Who is ranked highest On the ladder I mean I just Like I don't understand that mm. I, I, I really don't Like and that's no knock on um, Andrew Webster Who had a fantastic year
0: yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I can see where you've got the Andrew Webster, but I, I was only making that purely as a point of the media having a certain not bias or a narrative yeah. that they would push. If you've got a, you know, and I don't believe that Ivan sees eye to eye with all the journalists. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's probably all coaches. And, and, the and argue, that's where the floor is in that
1: system. I agree. And the argument would be probably, oh, but he had more to work with to start with. Yeah, but... That's his doing that he had more to work with. Like, it's, yeah. But
0: anyway, yeah, so um, I think we can summarise it by saying the Dallium doesn't work and, for fuck's sake, give Craig Gowry his 2003 medal.
1: Gowry, Gowry,
0: Uh We um, won't rest, Gowry. No, you know. Uh, the Curry knockout, mate. Did you catch any of the Curry knockout over the weekend? Uh I saw, I saw a bit of the highlights, mm. some great
1: football played, as there always is, and I um, obviously read about some an incident that was... Oh, the, the Addo car? Yep, yeah, that was less of a... Yeah. Not something that we would... um Yeah, not a great incident. No. no. And
0: it was... I mean, there's so much potential in that knockout. Oh, there is. Yeah. There is. I don't get how it works, though, because players just bounce around to different teams yeah. and stuff. It'd be really... I don't, I don't know if it's you know, something that they're just completely not interested in. But it would be really, really interesting if it was like a state-of-origin styled... Yeah. ..yeah thing, but I think they... Obviously, they you know, players... Indigenous players from all over the country come in to play for those teams, so,
1: yeah. Hope Josh Adokar's all right. Did I hear Latrell Mitchell play?
3: Uh, I believe... I think he did, yeah.
1: Yeah, which has caused a little bit of a question. Oh, not a stir, but a question in the media because he's made himself unavailable for Australia... Yeah, Yeah, So it's a break. Yeah, so... (laughs) um, Because I think he's got a busted finger or something like that, so... I
0: mean, they love playing the knockout. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And if clubs come to that agreement with the player and say, look, you can play the knockout, we'll delay a surgery and then you can go and have it afterwards, it's uh, it's easy to see how that can happen.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's really important that the NRL continues to allow its players to go back and play in the career knockout because, as you said before, some of the football you see... In that tournament is fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, state of origin, mate. Freddie's called it quits. Um, yeah, what was your take on this?
1: It was an interesting one because the report that I read suggested that he was told that we need a bit of a change up. So Brandy mm. has stepped away. Danny Bedirus, Blue's great uh, as well as Paul Mary McGregor has also stepped away and he's gone back in with a plan of well, oh, well, I'm gonna, I want to bring in. Gus mm. and potentially Ivan as well, and then New South Wales have balked at it as soon as there's been talk of bringing Gus back in. Yep. So, I mean, that suggests that there's a bit of a problem between the New South Wales. There's a bit and, of politics going on. Yeah, board, and mm. you'd have to think Phil Gould wouldn't
0: you? So Gus spoke pretty candidly about this on his podcast. As he, he does. S- yeah. So and he s- mentioned that Freddie, and this was almost as it was happening. Yep. So Freddie had s- still hadn't stepped down. He was offered a paid position um, and, you know, basically he, w- he would say yes to yep. it. He's obviously taken that then to the New South Wales Rugby League and, and something has happened where, you know, it's turned out that you know, it's in our best interest that we're going to call it quits here. Um, fans are going to find that hard to stomach because they want Gus. Yeah. Um, who comes in? you know, I mean, is the big question. But Gus put out, I believe it might have been a tweet or some sort of correspondence, I'm completely paraphrasing here, where he said that the New South Wales Rugby League obviously aren't taking the position of origin coach as seriously as what they should. So that indicates that I believe the New South Wales Rugby League are probably looking at maybe a Ricky Stewart or someone coming in and just taking time away from their club to be the origin coach. That's, appear, that's how it appears as though it's going. Yeah. That's not good enough. No,
1: no. Well, it, look, I love Stick and I think he'd be a great origin coach. I think the passion that he would bring could be a real success there. If he's not willing to step away from Canberra, which I completely understand, and they are still hell-bent on having him there, mm. they need – at the very least, it needs to be a situation where they say, okay, okay. But for that six-week origin period, you need to step away from Canberra leave your assistant mm. in charge. Is it still Dave Ferner down there or has he moved uh, on? No, I think Dave's moved on. So it's um, Madge. Match, mm. Leave Madge in charge mm. and th- you can do the origin. You can't be in both camps. You need to be in the New South Wales camp. And if he's not willing to accept that, I guess you have to look at anyone else out there.
0: Mm. So something out of left field that I, I could probably suggest, if – and I, I hold Gus's opinion highly. If he's saying that we need someone all in, why isn't the New South Wales Rugby League considering someone like John Cartwright?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting who's one. Who's... Played
0: Kevy's Kevy's right-hand man at the moment. Hasn't been a head coach for a while now. Has been around as an assistant, but is a well-respected coach. Yep. Give John Cartwright the keys to the Ferrari and say, off you go. He's going to bring in similar minds. He's going to bring in, you know, he's got obviously that connection with, you know, even Freddie, Gus, all those old players. I mean, so he's going to be able to build an environment around him if you give him that full-time gig. This is whether he wants it or not. You know, he obviously seems like he's pretty happy up in the southeast of Queensland. But, you know, there are coaches like that who aren't, you know, current high-level Tip of the spear coaches who can do a job and be given, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime to be given the origin team. I'll throw another name out there for you Trent Barrett, Baz. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be probably a bit harder for the fans to stomach due to his lack of success at NRL level. Yep, yep. But right. I mean, in terms of what you need, I mean, look at Billy Slater. Mm, that's Billy right. Slater, it's a. It, it's very, very clear that it's a different style of coaching gig to be an origin coach.
1: I saw the other day that apparently they were considering, and this was just rumours, Laurie Daly again, and I just think that that is no, 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 no. Oh,
0: perish the thought.
1: Perish the thought.
0: Perish the thought.
1: But if New South Wales fans are going to um, find it tough to swallow Baz and tough to swallow Laurie Daly, well, how's this one on for size? Eddie Jones.
0: Eddie Jones. <laughs> oh, is Eddie just doing everything to get oh. out of all of his gig? Oh, I tell you what, mm. we love Eddie here, but even you, Grego, would have to balk at that one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, mate. So final little piece of the rugby league, mate, the Betfred Super League preliminary finals this week, Cattle and Dragons versus St Helens and Wigan versus Hull KR, mate. Um, so a bit of, still a bit of footy to, to get through. Yeah. Um, for a spot in the grand final,
1: yeah, it's great to see. Um, a few matchups there. Saint Helens, obviously, I think going five on the trot now. Mm. They've been very successful over the last few years, and
0: Catalans looking, looking, always sh- got to have a soft spot for the for the South of France. The
1: South of France, mate, they're, they're mm. becoming a rugby league stronghold, aren't they?
0: I hope they do well, and I am they Look, I mean, Wigan are one of the great clubs, but when you talk about the you know rugby league and just the romantic story. I would say, Ooh. come on, Catalans, come on, Catalans, come on, the Dragons,
1: and okay, up uh, Plenty of history there as well. So mm. you
0: know that's um. So some good matches there, and we'll we'll touch base on those ones when we're back on board next week.
1: <sighs> up Catalans, come on
0: the Dragons. All right, happy days, mate. As they would say in France, allez, 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 le dragon.
1: Oh, that was
0: lovely. All right, mate. Stream of the week, Stream mate. Stream of the week. Now, we're going for a quick one this week, a nice easy one, just because we're jam-packed elsewhere. Ted Lasso. Teddy Lasso. It is
1: a cracking show. Apple TV.
0: Yep. Absolute it's ripper. It's a ripper. So, Ted Lasso, give it a little bit of a spurl pod. Uh, story of an American football coach. Now, it also, you know it all started off a, a skit, don't you? Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. so back in the day um, when I believe it might have been CBS or yep. one of the American broadcasters, I might be speaking out of tune saying CBS, but they won, They got the Premier League rights. And as an advertisement for it, they made a skit comedy with, um, what's his name, Jason Sudeikis. Yep. Uh, he played an American coach who came in to, co- uh, to coach Tottenham Hotspur. And then what they did is it was, you know, a pretty widely shared video and they thought, oh well there's something in this and then that's hence how Ted Lasso was created. That's a ripper. Yeah. So if you can go out there and find that video, it's yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's uh yeah, it's a bit of a cracker, but that's how Ted Lasso started. He got that. sacked by Tottenham actually. Well, he we
1: can't have it all. Yeah.
0: Didn't get managed in the month though.
1: Uh, yeah, so it's the story of an American who comes out to coach. Who basically has no idea. He's hired by the owner of a club. Uh, what club was it? Again? Richmond. Richmond. Richmond club. He's hired by the. Now owner Richmond
0: of the club. is a lovely area in London. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, the Richmond Park. You know, so you're in the in the middle of London. It's southwest of the the city, great area of London, Richmond. There is Richmond Park, which has deer just walking in it, and you're in the middle of London. Yeah, it's wow. amazing. Uh, I, th- I believe they may have done the mountain biking around that area in the Olympics. Yeah, well... I, I could be wrong. I, I, it wouldn't be a bad spot. No, that's a fact now. It. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Richmond is actually a really, really lovely area of London. They don't have a football team called the Greyhounds, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> but in should. Ted Lasso, they do.
1: Uh, yeah, absolute cracking show, and it basically shows how he's able to coach this uh, team to relative success... Because he takes them over when they're in a really dark spot, and has some failures early on, but relatively relatively successful. But he does it in a in his own unique style, where he, he gets has to know quirks. the works. He's got quirks. He knows the players and gets the best out of the players. Strategically, relies on some
0: others. Knows well. nothing about football. Knows nothing about football, <laughs> but uh, don't let that get in the it's way of a, a good story. Now, for those romantics out there, gentlemen. It is one that you can watch with your wife, yep. with your partner, with your better half. Okay, it is definitely one that you can watch and sit down and dive into. Which, if you get any series like that, they're rippers. Absolutely, got to grab a hold of them with two hands. Indeed, indeed, so, and um,
1: oh, it's just a really easy watch. I'd give it an eight out of ten.
0: Eight out of ten, yep. yeah. I'm just going to copy you, mate. I'm going to plagiarise your score. Eight out of ten it is. Yep. Just don't let Berta know you're doing it. He's he's still a bit sensitive (laughs) about that. (laughs) Ted Lasso, ladies and gents. Apple TV. Get on it. Footy? Let's get in the footy. Radio Potty football chat. And like always, we've got our guests. Our guests. Welcome back, boys. Coszy and Berta. How's the week been, Coszy?
4: Oh, super mate. I'm just sitting here in my uh Collingwood jumper, oh, just yes. still reveling in a fantastic oh. victory on the weekend, um, in the AFL, like a fantastic game. Real nail biter, edge of the seat stuff you know so mm. it was fantastic we got the result in the end yeah absolutely but on cracking, holidays man. of course yeah. yeah absolutely like it was i've watched it back about five times now so every time um the replay's on foxtel just throw it on back on because i know the result so it makes me feel good
0: ah oh, very good um, and how you been mate
5: i'm good mate and potty welcome back Gregor. hope you enjoyed your trip on the in the love boat,
0: mate. Oh, I really, That's really enjoyed my trip. But um, you know, when I was driving back down the highway, and I had to listen to you dribblers absolutely, you know, hammer a guy when he <laughs> couldn't defend himself, that was concerning. Well, I was going
5: to ask actually, like on your on your trips around the deck, you know, top deck, below deck, did you happen to meet
0: the captain of the ship? Um, no. What I did is um, I just went um, I just went up to the the top. Well, they they call it the bridge, don't they? Yep, yep, Yeah, and I, I just said I am the captain now and I was quickly right. I, I was quickly ushered away by security.
5: <laughs> yeah, did he call cool you? Yeah, you didn't give yourself any cute nicknames like the triple captain or anything like no, that. Was... No, no. Oh. and he
0: also um, he also didn't, you know, fall for the fact that I, I actually don't look like a Somali pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, no, it was a really, really good week away. Thank you, gentlemen. But uh, a good week in football, Potty. What do we have, mate? The results.
1: Yeah, let's run through match day seven. Uh, Villa, six over Brighton, one. Palace, one. United, nil. Newcastle, two. Burnley, nil. Mm. Wolves, two. City, one. Wow. Arsenal, four. Bournemouth, nil. West Ham, two. Sheffield, United, nil. Everton, one. Luton Town, two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spurs 2 Liverpool 1 Forrest and uh, Brentford Played out a one all draw And Chelsea Got the chocolates Against Fulham 2-0 mm. Well, well, well Yes
0: mm. Well um, Headline of the week Potty I'm going to jump straight to you Because you did almost choke then So we don't know Whether we're going to keep you For the duration Yeah, mate um, Well uh, What do you got for us, mate?
1: Everton keeps Their fans grounded It's never easy Look I know the stats tell only a certain story, but if you look at the stats, if you watch the replay of the game, Everton, far more possession, far more shots, far more shots on target. Just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Luton scored twice from set pieces. And that's the that's the, that's the the tail of the tape. Like this time last week, Grego, while you're away, I was... I it, heard. I, I was pretty happy, and then on Friday it only got better. I was a bit chipper at the golf day. There was a bit of a spring and misstep. Yeah. I was bouncing around, looting town on the weekend, and here we are. So, mm. yeah, it is hard being a Toffees fan.
0: It would have been toxic. Don't you reckon, fellas? It would have been absolutely toxic at Goodison after that defeat. Oh.
5: Yeah, it's kind of the like we were talking about it, um, Potty, the, the momentum that they had to build off off the win um, last weekend and they just like you said they, they did everything they were supposed to do they just didn't score the goals which has been pretty much the summary of Everton's season so far but once again I find myself digressing because I don't really care <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing me some sympathy, but you don't actually care. No, I, I just went through a big 30-second spill, but I don't care about evidence. So, yeah, I'll throw it to, to Cosy. Cosy, what, what are your thoughts? Um,
4: yeah, it would, have been, uh, it would have been interesting sitting in a crowd. I think in a previous podcast, I talked about the big loss that Sheffield United had. And they lost to Newcastle 8-0, and that was you know, somewhat expected, but... For the home crowd to be rocking up to this game, their expectations as they were on this podcast last week were very, very high. And I've got to throw myself into that category as well. I thought they would go really, really well. So once again, a home, gra- home ground loss for uh, Everton. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all.
1: So I think that's uh, no wins from the last 11 at Goodison. So... Ooh. Fortress? Yeah. Hmm.
4: Fortress Goodison, <laughs> yeah,
1: it is crumbling. Badison, yeah, but they just—if if just a few leashed, few more could hit the back of the net. <laughs> you know, just that easy, I know, but uh mm. frustrating. Anyway, um, what yes. else you
0: got for us, pod?
1: Okay, my second headline: Watkins the fuck Villa demolishes Brighton six one.
0: Hold on, now everybody, just hold on a second. Now, yeah, just hold on. <laughs> What did I hear last episode? I don't know. I, I can't remember precisely. I mean, special, I mean,
1: especially after your Brighton call at the end, of, uh, the beginning of the year, which is just coming up trumps at the
5: moment. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that's Brighton. They're, they're cruising, but um...
0: Brighton, they're cruising six-one <laughs> 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 yeah. to Six, Aston yeah. Villa. That is cruising.
5: Yeah, no, they they cruise straight to a straight to a bloody. Huge defeat, but that's a bump in the road. They'll be right. We'll be Brighton. Yep. We'll be back top four. No, in no time. Don't stress.
0: Yeah. Well, considering I just absolutely loaded my fantasy team with the Brighton players mm. after hearing that, it was a bump in the road I could do without.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well. The- well, there was, sounds like there were several mistakes made there. Then mm. on one, on different ends of the podcast. I, mm. I actually watched this game. This was the early game on Saturday night, and it was it was a cracker. It was a really good game. Um, Brighton, the scoreline once again doesn't reflect the game as such. Like Brighton had a ton of possession, and but they, were, yeah, Watkins is just lethal up there. Potty, you're right.
1: Yeah, I guess you, you watched it in between your seventh and eighth replay of the AFL <laughs> Grand
4: Final, Cosie. Yeah, well, I, no, I was watching the aftermath, you know, the celebrations, and my wife asked me, she said, why, why does this take three hours to celebrate? And I said, oh, it'll, it'll just keep going on all night. Don't worry about that. This is normal.
1: <laughs> just getting started.
4: Mm.
1: Oh, so those were my
0: headlines, mate. Uh, very different results. Mm, so I, headlines, I'll, I'll jump into mine, guys. Um, it's all happening in Manchester. Yeah, my, I've got two headlines here, so United versus Palace. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that match, but I could have avoided it. I could have done without it. But when I woke up on Sunday morning, because I'd, I'd had an early night just obviously coming back in from holiday, and I went, you know what, it's grand final day. I'm doing nothing but hanging in front of the TV. So I watched the whole replay. I was like, because there might be something in this performance from United that you miss, that you don't pick up on a mini or highlights. You know what I mean? So I watched the whole thing. United had 12 shots on goal in the second half. You know, they had 77% per, uh, possession and 520 additional passes to Crystal Palace. So United were in the in, in the ascendancy. Um, sort of the conclusion that I came to is like Caitlin Jenner and Danny Laidley, United are transitioning. There are marked improvements, and if I'm taking the positives out of this, there are marked improvements in the transition from United. You know, they had Sofian Amrabat in there with Casemiro. They looked like when they obtained possession on the turnover, they were sharp and they were fast. And I can see, although the result is horrific at Old Trafford, 1-0 down to Crystal Palace, you can't get away from that. It was an absolute worldie that we conceded as well off a set piece. There are things within the performance that I, as a fan, can go, okay, we've got something here. And I'm hoping that, you know, over the next couple of months, as players become more used to playing with one another, there can be some sort of a a string of results put together at least. Yeah. Yeah, I
4: caught this game too. In the pouring rain, it was absolutely Mm. flogging down there. Um, Manchester, like. You're talking about the game. I've, I was reading an article during the week, and this, this was ten hard highlights so far. So this is just a dot pointed list. So I'll get your take on this list, Gregor. Zach Ronaldo, Zach De Gea. takes some captaincy off Maguire. Buys Please. Anthony. Buys Mount. Buys Anana. Sends Sancho to the mountains. Loses six three to City, seven nil to Liverpool. And three one to Arsenal twice. Mm. So are we tran- which way are we going? Are we transitioning in a positive direction? I guess all those dot points, and I can see the look on your face right now. Yes.
0: So so the thing I would I would jump straight to is that's not in chronological order. So <laughs> they're they're a bit all over the place on that. But yep. yes, they are all true facts. However, when you look at when you start you started off so well there, Cosie, because you were outlining all the good things that had happened. The results weren't good, but the fact that those players and those moves needed to be made was more, is less of an indication of what Eric Ten Hag is, has done since he's been there, but it's an indication of the absolute dog's breakfast that was left for him, and that's why he got the job. He got the job because he was coming in to make those hard decisions. The only decision that he can't make, which I wish he could make, would be he would sack the owners and he'd tell them to sell. Mm. Because that's essentially where the problem's coming from, you know. The problem is coming from the top; it's rotted all the way down to the core, and you've got someone in there with a bit of nouse and a bit of, you know, support from the fans who can come in there and make these changes. He's making the hard calls, but at the end of the day, the hardest call that needs to be made is for someone to come in and buy the club. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's a lot more difficult to fix up in the short term, isn't it? Like sacking the manager is is what. Will probably occur before that happens.
0: I hope not. I hope somebody actually comes in and buys the club. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, Eric Ten Hag. I I would hate to see how that would go down with the fan base if they if he started being the scapegoat. I mean, you know, it's no fault of the players, whether it be Jaden Sancho, whether it be Harry Maguire, whether it be, you know the off field things that have happened. It's no fault of Eric Ten Hags and he shouldn't be the one who bears the brunt of that. But if you look at, you know, what has led to all those decisions being made, it's like Jaden Sancho is a perfect example. Jaden Sancho was bought for Manchester United as a right winger. Now, Jaden Sancho prefers to play on the left. What sort of thought process goes into that in spending eighty million on a player who doesn't for a position he doesn't even like to play? You know, these are the fundamental things that have occurred over a long period of time at, at United that are creating problems that, you know, basically Eric Ten Hag's coming in with the sweep and he's trying to push him out the door. And it looks how ugly long, on him. How long have they owned the club? Since 2005.
5: So Sir Alex, he was still coaching whilst they owned the club?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's the it's reason why, why they got away yeah, with so
5: things. So he he put them in their in their box, so to speak, or just he was he was outperforming their ownership.
0: He was outperforming their ownership, and he did it. he had the squad before they arrived. He had Rio Ferdinand, he had Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo before they arrived. So he had all these tools in place and this squad in place that he was able to add to in little pieces over the years before his retirement, but it wasn't a drastic rebuild because everything was made in his image. He had everything. It's the problems that we're seeing now are less about rebuilds and the like. It's about the fundamental, you know, organisation. The stadium is falling to bits. It needs money the training ground is never now not top class like it was when they bought the club. So it's all these little things which are so expensive, which have absolutely nothing to do with the match day squad that are a problem for the football club, and there's only one one group of people who can fix that, and it's not Eric Ten Haag, but he'll be the one who bears the brunt of it because of the results. So
5: what happened with that? Because at one stage there were, you know, billionaires as a... got it quoted from you, billionaires lining up to sell, to buy the club. So what, what happened? Why did that interest die down? Why was the club not sold?
0: Because there's obviously an unwillingness of the owners to sell. You know, they're, no. they're, the, the dynamic of the ownership, because obviously Malcolm Glazer bought the club. He's no longer with us. So his kids now... Own the portions split up evenly across his children, so they've all got to come to an agreement to sell the club. There's two who want the club and want to keep it, and there's the rest of them saying, "Let's get rid of it." Okay. So it's so you know it's what? not as yeah. not as straightforward as you know Stan Kroenke going, "I'm going to sell Arsenal."
5: So much like a reference to the Jenner slash Kardashians is a bit of infighting.
0: Well, I mean, are you? It appears that way. It, it is being reported that way that there are certain members of the family who are far more interested in just offloading it. They've got no interest in the football club whatsoever. I mean, the the money being flouted in the the region of you know seven to ten billion is a lot more than the the nothing they paid for it because they yeah. they bought it on tick. You know, so I mean, there's there's bigger issues there. So
4: yeah, I think from an outsider's point of view. Looking in, you're talking about a club the size of Manchester United, and you look at their last, their recent results. You find it a bit hard to swallow some of the arguments about the money and the, and etc. Because if you, you know, they were lucky to beat Wolves. They were lucky to beat Forest. They came back from, you know, two two nil down or whatever it was, two goals down. You know, they've now now been beaten by Palace. They're not huge clubs. They're not multi-billionaires backing those clubs. So from an outsider's point of view, it's sort of a bit sometimes, you know, some arguments are a bit harder to swallow than others, I guess.
3: Yeah. And I- I,
4: To add to that as well, I just wanted to add one more point. And my point about Ten Hag is probably, does he weather all these storms? Alex Ferguson weathered storms. He had arguments with, Cristiano Ronaldo, he had arguments with David Beckham in his time, you know what I mean? But he weathered those storms. My worry is for Ten Hag, you know, all these uh, infighting or whatever it might be, um, all these things going on in and around the club, does he weather them?
0: to answer that question, Cosy, I think Ten Hag weathers them in a similar fashion to the way Sir Alex weathered them, but it is a completely different time. Sir Alex could do the exact same things that Ten Hag has done. We're talking about Sir Alex Ferguson got rid of Roy Keane, mm. but it was a completely different time. So he mm. was able to do these things over the period of his career, but, you know, we live in a, the social media era. You know, we live in an era where could you imagine what Sir Alex Ferguson would have done to Jaden Sancho if he posted like he did on social media the other week?
4: Probably throwing a boot at him, isn't that what he did to Beckham? I mean, plus too.
0: Room, he, he, would, he wouldn't have got through the gates of Carrington. <laughs> that's for sure. Like, it's so different. Like, But the way that Eric Ten Hag is dealing with it is very, very similar to the way that Alex Ferguson dealt with things. It's saying that this is the standards. If you don't meet the standards, you won't be here. And mm. I love that as a fan. But mm. the problem is, is, you know, Fergie had built up that, you know, sort of respect across whether it be the media outlets, whether it be the club, he's standing within the club, that, you know, he just got away with it because he, he mm. had the old school about him. Eric and Townhark he had the that. The back Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I can understand that there's going to be very minimal sympathy from people when it comes to finances on, on a part of Manchester United, especially when it comes to player transfers. But at the end of the day, um, you know, as a fan, the way the Glazers bought Manchester United is now illegal. There's a there's a reason for that. And it is an absolute utter disgrace that they can continue if you can force Roman Abramovich to sell Chelsea because of, you know, warfare across the world, how can you not as a government see the way that Manchester United is being run into the ground and actually step in and have a crack at these guys? Mm. Yeah, you know, and as maybe. a fan, I'm super frustrated about it. We can tell. Yeah, but um, on a lighter note though, guys, my second headline, staying in Manchester, is City versus Wolves. Ooh. You know, City obviously pressed for the win. They batted Wolves, as expected, but they absolutely had their pants pulled down. I don't know if you guys caught this one, but um, City beaten 2-1 by an opposition team who had one shot on target. I mean, Pep was upset. And it couldn't have happened to a better bloke, guys. <laughs> <laughs> a genius and, if you ask me, a real win for football.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was just what you needed, wasn't it, this week, mate? Just a little pick-me-up.
0: Now, after that little rant before, yes, that's exactly what I needed to to finish that and, and change the tune.
4: Oh. And was, uh, it was. just goes to show how much of a ivory tower he lives in. Old Pep, when he was asked about the goal scorer, did you catch that? from him after the game. No,
0: I did do not listen to Pep Guardiola when he talks. To be honest,
4: just you just watch him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just just absolutely taken away by his turtleneck, skivvy.
5: <laughs> that that you're talking about the quote because that he couldn't even yep. remember his name, he called him the Korean guy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That that narrows it down to about a you know. How many people in Korea? Bloody hell! Oh, yeah, could yeah. have been
4: worse.
0: Yeah, well yeah. it could have. Uh, Cosy headline of the week, mate. What do you got for us?
4: Um, pretty boring one for me this week, I think, because Arsenal just travelling along so well. But my headline is crisis averted. Arsenal's injury woes are over before they started. So, hearing reports um, that Thomas Partey might be back this week for the Champions League game, which is really good. Um, backs up the midfield, maybe even give Declan Rice a rest somewhere in there. They talk about Pukeo Saka, Saka, and he, you know, he's continual injury worries, but he's training throughout the week. Um, they had, uh, Crossard back on the bench on the weekend, which is a plus as well, because no doubt Gabriel Jesus has, you know, probably played a few games. He's probably going to go off injured soon as well. So it's good to have a backup there. As I said, I've said before, Arsenal doesn't have a deep um, pool of players to draw on, but they, they do have quality. So hopefully, mm. um, you know, with a comfortable result on the weekend and the injury list getting shorter and shorter, we'll be uh, rocketing up the table.
0: Yeah, and it's um yeah it's it's very uh, poignant that you mentioned that too because last week I, I heard you were begging for them to sign Son. From Tottenham, because, I mean... On his hands and
4: knees. Well, he's a good player. That Korean guy.
5: (laughs) The other Korean guy, yeah. Um, The other Korean guy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Um, Bertha, what do you got, mate? My headline, yeah. So, here we go. Yeah, human error. Human fucking error. (laughs) 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 Uh, For those listening, I'm sure there's thousands, millions probably. Anyway. Liverpool were playing in the in the 2023, in the, in the modern era, and they scored a goal in the 33rd minute, just after they'd gone down to 10 men.
0: No, they didn't. For,
5: a, for another, sorry?
0: No, they didn't. They'd, they were down to 10? No, they didn't score a goal.
5: Well, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So had another player sent off for uh, you know another reckless challenge rash, rash even, challenge. Even Gary Neville has said it wasn't a red card, and when people start speaking on Liverpool's behalf, you know something's wrong with the Premier League. <laughs> and so we've gone down there, and we've have scored a goal, and the assistant's put his flag up, and then and then the this is where it gets interesting because we've gone to VAR. So you know we draw the lines, we get the. Axis of symmetry out and we get the protract and all everything that we need to do. When we draw a red line and we draw a green line a so, green line. Red, red's bad, green's go. You know, red no goal, green goal. So Lewis Diaz was clearly in the in the green, but rather than communicating, the two humans made an error in the in, in the in the VAR box and uh,
0: Well they communicate.
5: One looked at the other one and said, "Okay, yeah, check, check complete." And rather than uh, rather than saying, "Well, it's a goal," they they were check complete, check over. So they went back to the decision on field of the of the offside call by the the linesman.
3: Mm.
5: So this is the we have VAR, so we stop this shit, so it doesn't impact the game, not just for Liverpool, for every team that plays in the Champions League, all across Europe. In leagues right around them, we have this so it doesn't cost teams game. Well, it Mm. costs the team a game. They were down to 10 men. They score. They should have been up 1-0. You can change tactics after you're up 1-0. You can go and park the bus. Mm. You can do whatever you want. One minute later, the other Korean guy goes down the other end and scores a
0: goal. I think it might be the same Korean guy.
5: It's it's one nil to Tottenham. So all the Tottenham fans, all the momentum, all the Tottenham wankers are up in up in arms, and all the Ange Australian oh. fucking groupies are up in arms. <laughs> 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 the He's talking ever, about and us.
4: <laughs> Yeah, it was all funny at the start of the season, wasn't it, Berta, when it was Arsenal and Tottenham, but now you're getting a little piece of it, aren't you?
5: <laughs> Everyone's get, that's the thing, Cosby. Everyone's getting a piece of this shit refereeing like, across the board.
0: It's, yeah, I'd, I'd actually really appreciate if Manchester United could get a decision against him because it would mean we actually scored.
5: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so then, then we, we managed to, to claw one back. Then get another man sent off, another reckless challenge according to the Premier League, which my opinion is they've still got their arse hurt from earlier in the year when Alexis McAllister got his decision to overturn. So there's a vendetta against Liverpool.
0: Mm. So they just give him two yellows now.
5: (laughs) I digress once again. So yeah, in in the 90th minute, this is Jurgen Klopp, poor managing. We have Joel Own Goal Maguire um, down the back there that taps one in for for Tottenham and gives them the the 2-1 win and all the Tottenham Hotspurs fans go nuts, and they're going to be, you know. I just hope this weekend that Arsenal and City that one of them wins, because if they were to draw and Tottenham has a win, Tottenham would be on top of the Premier League, and that would be one shit week. So I just hope that either Arsenal or Manchester City win the game, so Tottenham don't go to the top of the Premier yeah. League. Because I, wow. as an Australian, as an Australian, I don't give a fuck about Anne Fosch the Coglu and what he's done. (laughs) Oh, this
0: this is Kevin Keegan-esque. How good is this? He's carrying carrying on like he's won a game against nine
5: men. And like I said, if they didn't have Joel Ongo and Maguire at the back there, Jurgen Klopp should have Ibrahim Kanate. No no clue why he's got the the human roadblock as a centre-back there. Mm. Um, But honestly, 1-0 up. With ten men, they could have parked the bus, and and that, that that's a that's a game changer. But two blokes can't look to each other's left and look to each other's right and go to give that a goal. Like really, I,
4: I, I think the silver lining though, Birdo, is I think that's going to get goal of the month for Liverpool. Mm.
0: It was a, um, yeah. I mean, let's yeah, admit, same. let's admit, and let's in the fairing department, it was a bloody good finish, but from Mateo. Yeah, I mean oh, that yeah, was a real, I mean. a real, the, real goal of the month. Yeah, a real yeah.
5: poacher's finish. It's the best thing he's ever done for the other team, but it's just.
4: If only it, Everton had him, hey? Oh. This is
5: this is what we don't we don't want things ruined by especially things that can be controlled. I understand. I'm not naive that things can't be controlled, and then and that often there are errors in the heat of the game. But this, when the game stops and people go to two professionals, and they. They make a mistake and, and, and the Premier League had their tails between their legs because it didn't, it didn't take, it didn't take two hours for an official statement to come out saying, we shit the bed. Like we properly shit the bed. Mm. And they issued a, a, a statement to, to Liverpool and obviously fans of the game worldwide. How can that happen? That, that's my question. Mm. There's human error and then there's just, I don't know. Cause Co- last week on the podcast, you mentioned the whole last, uh, What's going on with Juventus and the and the um you know oh we'll the, get there like, don't worry about that has Ivan Tony has Ivan Tony got a couple of dollars on 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 you know Tottenham two one or something like Allegedly. that like, you've got to start to ask questions got to start to like, um, this is not right
0: look Berta I know you're you're obviously you know disappointed in the decision but when okay. you speak about Diego Diego Jota. There, surely there are things he could avoid in getting that second yellow.
5: Absolutely, yeah. That was reckless. But I'm talking where I'm talking. This Diego Jossa was in the sixty seventh. But that, that, that leaves
0: you down at nine players. Like I mean, if I was Jurgen Klopp, I'd be filthy. Yeah, way, well,
5: yeah. That's, and, and he'll and he'll get his he'll he'll spend his time on the sideline. Jurgen Klopp would have given him the the what for? But the, the the pivotal moment in that match was was back the the, the no goal
3: Scotland
5: mm. goal. Then all of a sudden, you know, we managed to claw one back. We're, we're chasing out. Diego J- John is stupid, but we shouldn't have. It should shouldn't have to do that because two professionals who sit two feet away from each other can't get it right. That's mm. that's the big issue. Yep. That's the big issue.
0: Yep, maybe they're but. just loving big engine instead.
5: Luckily, (laughs) everyone else hit the bed, Tottenham, um, Manchester uh, City and all that, so it didn't really cost us, and we're we're still the same amount of points we were behind them, but it's
0: just... Opportunity missed. It's not uh, right.
4: Fun fact for you boys, when was the last time the top three on the table got beaten in a weekend? What Hmm. year?
0: I don't know. You
5: always say, we always think recently with these little questions that you gave us, so I'm going to say 1927.
1: Uh, I'm going to say 2007. Premier League.
4: 2007?
0: 2017.
4: 2000 November 21, 1998.
0: Mm,
4: yeah. Arsenal, Aston Villa, Manchester United. Mm. All beaten in the weekend. I've got another one for you, Berta. <laughs> yeah. Now, and and this, this probably is a broader Liverpool um, question. Liverpool now had four red cards in six games, in their mm-hmm. last six games. Yeah. How many games was their last four in? In a season, Uh, just in a run of games, they've had four in the last six. But before that, they've had four in how many? One hundred and seventy-eight. So is that an underlying issue at at, uh, Liverpool? Are they they just yeah Do they need to start handing out the Snickers? Are they just cranky? Is it coming from the manager?
5: Can we can we minus that to three because one was overturned by the Premier League once again? Do you remember that one, McAllister?
4: Well, no, I'm no. not. I'm not. I'm not sure how accurate my information is, and whether that one's included. <laughs> so don't start getting technical. <laughs> so
5: we're we're
0: down to three, and like G- Gary Neville. Like as much as I don't. All right, uh, let's uh, let's digress because yeah. because Bert <laughs> he's starting to talk about Gary Neville, so it's not going to go anywhere good here. Okay, <laughs> nobody. Um, listens to um, Gary look, a Neville. bit a bit a bit of discussion. Well, I do because I'm a I'm a United fan. Um. Calvin Phillips, guys, have you seen the Calvin Phillips documentary? No. Who's he?
4: Is he the the
5: fat dude on the bench? That's exactly right.
0: That's why I asked this question because there's a documentary that's come out on Amazon and it's dead set about Calvin Phillips but you know how like you get sports documentaries, especially, you know, biographic ones, and it's about, you know, adversity, you know, reaching the pinnacle of the sport? This one is about Calvin Phillips getting a move to Man City. I mean... How do you make a documentary about you <laughs> getting a move away from your boyhood club to Manchester City and then not playing? Warm on the bench. It Money. is absolute ass pie, this thing. Did I watch it? Absolutely not. Did I laugh at the preview? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Do so know, know, when does, does it go did you waste in your life
4: watching it? How long does it go for? Oh, about
0: 90 seconds. That's how long the, the trailer know. goes for.
4: Oh. Yeah.
0: But um, linked to
4: Arsenal too, by the way. You heard that one? Calvin Phillips linked to Arsenal in January.
0: Yeah, what do they need? Need a new kit man, do they? No. Speaking of Arsenal, uh, Cozzy, Aaron Ramsdale, should he feel let down by Arsenal? No. Why not?
4: Why not? Um, I think there's a really good thing going on there at the moment with the competition between the two. I Mm. think if... Raya was had come in and not performing and and not doing well. Then maybe he could feel a bit let down. But he's gone real. He's gone really well. Raya's is like doing you know playing different roles. I mean Arsenal. They've got two games a week for the next you know thirty six weeks. So there's plenty of games to be played, and and he'll get his. It's not like he'll be sitting on his twiddling his. Uh, Thumbs on the bench for very long. Ramsdale, he'll be playing every second week anyway. So yeah.
0: I just think for should some he feel let
4: down, he's, he's still got a year on his contract, so he's not going anywhere, and I don't think the club will let him go. So,
0: but I'm just thinking from he's obviously someone who's probably got ambitions to be England's number one. True. Um, he's playing at the top of you know one of the top clubs, you know who ran second last year he was the starting he was uncontested as the as the number one and then they've signed Raya and now and you know he hasn't played bad I mean obviously it's a tactical style of play that Arteta wants to play which has seen him go for Raya um so yeah I'm just wondering whether where he would sit say January comes around you know the the Euros are coming up does Ramsdale go I want to go somewhere
4: I think he would be talking to Gareth Southgate, England manager, and just saying to him like, "What do you, What do you think? You know, how many mm-hmm. games do you see? To see me needing, needing to play to make keep or keep my spot in the squad? Because realistically, he's not England's number one, and he's well, he's only maybe just arguably number two um, in that squad yeah, anyway. He's, and, he's, and if you he's playing. Sorry,
0: Pickford's number one,
4: but Pickford, you you've got Nick Pope in there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's playing all those games as you mentioned last year. Team running second, first for unfortunately a lot of the year. But um, and he wasn't England's number one then. So mm. he, yeah, he's got to have that chat with Southgate and work out where he's at. But he, I don't think the club would get rid of him. Mm. He might want to walk though.
0: Yeah, and speaking of goalkeepers, and um, obviously Arsenal goalkeepers in. In particular, mate, I just had something I'd just like to share with the listeners, and um, I just had a question um, from last week's podcast.
4: Um, I don't know whether you remember Wojcinek, which Nezmi.
0: I think i <laughs> yeah. that. Now, Cozzy, I'm going to put it out there for the listeners that... Um, First and foremost, who the fuck is Wojciech Szczesny? And number two, I think you owe an apology not only to Wojciech Szczesny, but also to the whole nation of Poland for that.
4: That that pronunciation was very close. I I feel as though I only got the first part wrong, and I've been studying Polish since then, and I've watched a few uh, YouTube clips, and I feel as though I was pretty close.
0: Yeah. no, you weren't. Uh, I'm sorry to break it to you, but it uh, For the listeners at home, it is Wojciech Szczesny. Okay, that is how you pronounce his name. And I'm not even an Arsenal fan.
4: <laughs> well, he left anyway. One of those goalkeepers that left, so.
0: Yeah, it's not only, not only the fact that you accused him of match-fixing, but you butchered his name like that. I mean, talk <laughs> about kicking a plug while he's down. <laughs> Um so some serious news, guys, and some interesting news. Um the Premier League and the Football League have announced that they're actually going to go in to sell their TV rights together. Now, which is really, really interesting when it comes to the fact that, you know, obviously the Premier League, the you know, the genesis of the Premier League was around TV rights and and breaking away from the Football League. But it appears as though they're they're looking to come together and and package up the the football league rights with the premier league rights, um, yeah, which is I don't know I found it quite fascinating. What do you think? Money grab. Oh yeah.
5: Yep. They're just trying to make people pay more to watch the game.
0: Yeah. Is it is it about people? It's obviously about making revenue on the product, but is is it more of an indication on how? good the football league is now so say for example the championship being you know a lot of people will you know throw it out there that it is the toughest competition in world football to get out of the championship is it is there such a value in the product there that the premier league's going now oh it's you know the juice is worth a squeeze in in putting it together because people are going to want to watch this stuff
5: i think people want to see Have more access to Everton's games in their new stadium to be able to see (laughs) the championship. I think that's been the, 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 you know, the push behind that move. Well, maybe
1: with, Mm. um, you know, if we do end up down in the championship, maybe with, um, more publicity on the clubs in the championship, Mm. maybe we'll finally attract some decent investors and, um, be able to work our way back up. But will it make it harder to work the way up or, or easier, Gregor?
0: Well, I am I mean, the big question that popped out for me when I looked at this story straight away was, you know, yes, it's going to increase the revenue for not only the Premier League clubs but also to the Football League clubs. So the parachute payment structure and the way it works when you drop down out of the Premier League and they continue to fund you, so obviously there's not that massive financial hit. I'm thinking if there's more revenue coming into the Football League, those clubs having access to more funding, I mean... Are we going to eventually, when it comes to the terms of the, in terms of the pyramid, are we going to see bigger clubs get relegated from the Premier League? Because the strength of the championship is increased, and that level between, let's say, just throw it out there, mid table championship to mid table Premier League just becomes, you know, pretty much a season by season circumstance on how your team's performing. So, really, you may start to see a team like you know, Tottenham, even United coming into relegation trouble, you know, or like we'll see, may possibly see, Everton going down to the Championship and being down there for two or three seasons before popping back up. Is it? Is there a potential that, that the gap between the Championship and the Premier League becomes that small that bigger clubs will get relegated? That's, that's the question I had. What do you reckon, Cos?
4: Yeah, I think there's going to be some massive payments paid down throughout the tiers of English football. You're talking hundreds of millions of dollars with this deal. The last Premier League deal was $5 So Mm. the mind boggles to what money we'd be talking about for this package. Um, Interestingly, I like how you used your example there of Tottenham possibly being relegated or even Manchester United. Like, I would have used Manchester United before I would have used Tottenham. Mm. But anyway, that's a side side story. But... um, yeah, so equality, I mean, when you look at how much um, the transfer fee differences are in the Premier League and the championship, for example, there's a huge um, uh, a huge gap between that. But I think it's the wage payments. You know, mm. clubs need to be able to pay good players or get good players, number one, but they've also got to pay them. So they've got to have the wage bills or be able to accommodate the wage bills to get that level of, are closer to the Premier League mm. There's no use um, Throwing money at these clubs and, and and they're buying In players but they're not Buying quality or they're not I mean you're not going to somebody If they had their choice of moving to Let's say a mid to bottom Level team in the Premier League Versus a championship side You're going to pick the Premier League Because that's where you're going to get the exposure
3: mm. To
4: move on to a better Premier League team So players want to have to want to go to the championship. And that's what they've got to try and establish. Mm. And that all comes down to money. the big part of it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's, a, yeah, I thought it was just an interesting piece in terms of, of that being a way that they're going to no, negotiate the deal. And, yeah, I'll be really interested to see how that plays out because I, I think we can all admit that the gap between the championship and the Premier League is, is as close as it's ever been. You know, at the moment, like the quality of sides that come up from the championship is undeniable. Yep. What else we got, Pod?
1: Um
0: Do you know so what I've got, I've got something for you? Throw it at
1: me, mate. Sorry, I lost my um, screenshot.
0: Yeah, when I was away, um I just I, I couldn't help but think of a part of the podcast that really jumped out at me. And I'll just play a clip for you guys.
5: And I think we're up to like 16 or 17 games now unbeaten, like, draws it in that. But in the Premier League, there's yeah, we're on a streak of 16 or 17 games where we haven't had a loss.
0: So I'm not going to suggest, like, we'll, we'll leave the loss that you had on the weekend there, Berta. That's not my concern in bringing this clip in. My concern is how long have you been sleeping in the same bed as Cozzy? Because that is Arsenal talk. That whole unbeaten, including your draws. Next minute, you guys will be making your own little invincibles trophy for yourself for your 16-game non-unbeaten streak. i
4: tell you the podcast can stop a Premier League side, can't it? Oh, <laughs> it can stop, can stop them in the track.
5: <laughs> we should make a Calvin Phillips-type docker about it. Oh, well. I'll tell you the w- real... We, con-
1: we'd get more viewers. The real concerning thing is, uh, would have been your driving down the Pacific Highway last Saturday, taking notes as you're going Oh, <laughs> <for> yeah. <this.
0: laughs> yeah, I kept on Drawing pulling up over. your hit list. <laughs> I said, oh, no, he needs to go to the toilet, and I, I kept pulling over. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. But... Moving on, mate, uh, a bit of fantasy stuff or we next week's fixings? I've just got one.
4: Can I just throw out there one yeah, one on. thing that um, I saw during the week? Um, there was a, a young fellow that plays for Real Sociedad. Mm. I think I got that right, Grego. Yep. I'm going to butcher his name. That's for sure. Pakfusa Kubo. Yep. Takusa Kubo. I think he's Japanese. Think he likes his sushi? Are you suggesting
0: um, he's on his way to
4: Tottenham? No, more <laughs> well, he could be on Andrew's radar. No, he, he was in the news this week for his goal celebration. He um, did the old limped over the corner flag, clutching a hamstring, a, a fake injury, and then started to t- do the twerk.
3: Oh! So it just
4: made it. Just just made me think. Like if we could here on the podcast bring back some dance moves as goal celebrations what would you bring back? What would you like to see, you know, um, Mo Salah or Marcus Rashford or, oh, geez, Everton, Ben, Um, that stopped me in my tracks, didn't it? Who scores goals for Everton? I don't know. Mm. But anyway, those players, who would you like to see? You know, what sort of dance moves would you like to see, boys? I reckon for Mo
5: Salah, I've got to launch straight into this, anything related to walk like an Egyptian. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good call. Really good call. Um, oh, geez, be good. Oh, I reckon Hoyland scores the goal. Yeah. He goes to the corner flag. Bruno Fernandez just runs in and then they do the dirty dancing lift in the corner. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I like it.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's a what do you think, Potty? A yeah, goal?
1: You know, I was thinking something a bit old school, something a bit practical. A goal would be lovely so they could practice it, of course. But, um, you know, the old lawnmower. Because you know if they keep losing they're going to drop down so many divisions they'll be mowing their own lawn so they, <laughs> you know.
0: So it's almost like a bit of a, an apprenticeship. Yeah,
1: that's right, that's right. Oh bitter as I am. We uh, move on. What
0: do we got next week mate?
1: Next week's fixtures. Uh, the red Hot Luton versus the Spurs. <laughs> um, they're going to be hard to beat Luton. they are on a roll, tough team. Fulham versus <gasps> Sheffield United, Burnley versus Chelsea. Man U versus Brentford, Everton versus Bournemouth, Palace versus Nottingham Forest, Brighton versus Liverpool, West Ham versus Newcastle, and Wolves versus Villa. And of course, um, the two boys going head to head with uh Cozy's Arsenal versus Berta's new favourite team City apparently. Ooh. So <laughs> yeah.
0: you
3: know, yeah,
1: that's, that's um you know, you're looking forward to those matches, I imagine.
0: Mm. Um, Look, I'm going to say the winner out of the Arsenal versus Man City um, match is going to be people who enjoy interpretive dance. Yeah. Because between Mikel Arteta and Pep Guardiola, they're going to be doing the tango in each technical (laughs) box on the weekend.
1: I thought you were going to say whoever wins is going to win the Premier League. I was going to say,
0: I just... just...
4: Yeah, that's going to show I up. Just, I think both those guys are just doing a good thing for the hearing impaired, you know. They're, <laughs> they're just bringing those people into the game and, you know, they're watching on, on at home. They can feel the emotion from the managers. I, mm. I think they do a great job. All can right. I just get a tip from uh, Berta on his Brighton versus Liverpool?
5: Yeah. Where's it at? Brighton. Ooh, we do not have a good record at Brighton. Uh, it's been tragic the last few times we have been there. I don't know, Brighton, they, like you said, that 6-1 wasn't as bad as it looked, and I don't think our 2-1 was as bad as it looked. I think Liverpool 3-1. No so he Brighton
4: meant, to win. Okay, thanks, yeah.
1: boys. No, he meant um how many yellows?
5: <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, then, two reds and a bloody, what else? Throw in a uh, Jurgen Klopp
0: tantrum. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Right, uh, fantasy football potty, what's your tip of the week, mate?
1: Uh, Spurs, pretty good run coming up. Son captain this week, triple captain. The Korean guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, throwing it out there. Ooh. Body, mm. Triple you, captain.
0: Still... Hey, yeah, hold on a second. I'm going to get into mine, yeah. Triple captain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i got a bone to pick with you knobs. <laughs> Boddy, yeah. do you still have your triple
1: captain available? <laughs> I do, mate. I've still got my triple captain. Yeah. What about you, what boys? About you,
0: close. Yeah,
4: I'm, yeah, I've got mine. I wouldn't, you wouldn't use it yet this early in the season. No, That's ridiculous. Not a single game week. Surely, no.
5: you wait right to the double game week later in the season. Yeah. Anyway, is it up to is it mine? Sure, go, yeah, mate. I, yeah, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I just um, yeah, my tip of the week is who needs enemies when you share a podcast platform with these knobs?
6: That is my tip of the week. Now,
0: number one that I've got to gripe with. Second lowest score in our competition, gentlemen, not in the whole of fantasy football (laughs) like you guys alluded to last week. Uh, Erling Haaland, triple captain. Okay, look, I'll take criticism when it is due. But as the great Napoleon Bonaparte once said, boys, all events, all great events hang by a hair. The man of ability takes advantage of everything and neglects nothing that can give him a chance of success. So while the less able man sometimes loses everything by neglecting a single one of those chances. So while you Muppets try and dissect that, the intelligent listeners will be coming to terms with the fact that, like Napoleon, I dared to be great. (laughs) 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 Maybe it's time for you lesser men to have a look in the mirror, boys.
5: You had to be great last year with your triple captain too when you got.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my tip for all the punters is stick to your guns. This is fantasy football. City, United, and Brighton are humbled, and your boy was done by the fantasy gods. (laughs) So don't listen to me. I'll be back again next week. Oh, Cosy, what do you got, mate? Well, I had
4: my tip of the week was get Watkins quick. He's a no-brainer. Form plus the upcoming matches for Aston Villa, um, you need him in your squad. However, I want to just jump back to your last point, Gregor. Yeah. Um, you're defending yourself uh, on this podcast, which is admirable, and you've gone, you know, to quotes from Napoleon Bonaparte, no less. Um, I just want to throw in there the fact that even though this game week is not completed yet, <laughs> uh, it, it was brought up last week about how funny it would be if your team was beaten on the table by a certain other fantasy league team. Yeah, I know. I took,
0: I took all of my Brighton <laughs> players off the bench and I put them in because they were so successful the week before. I didn't know that they were going to get beaten 6-1, okay?
4: So your team this week will be beaten by a squad that contains Cancelo, who's at Bayern Munich. Yep, good player. James for Chelsea, who's <laughs> injured... Uh, Anthony for Bournemouth Who now plays in Israel I think mm-hmm. um, Zakiri for Brighton Who's playing in Germany as well Lukaku's out on loan um, Harry Kane Who's at Bayern Munich So mm. your fantasy team's going to get beaten by A team containing those players And mm. for the listeners at home Because those players are uh, overseas, they don't get any points. No. So just to make that one clear. But, so. but, so, but hey,
0: smarty pants, smarty pants, how about you riddle me this? Why would I have not have put Bakao Saka in my team? Wow. Well. Why was there a little triangle that was red <laughs> above Bakao Saka when <laughs> he goes out to score? What was it, 15 points?
5: 17, I
0: think. So don't blame me. Blame the game.
4: <laughs> well, you uh, you mustn't have listened to your esteemed podcast partner,
0: Craig no. Burtwistle. No, I didn't. Earlier <laughs> in the
4: season, he said uh, you need depth on your bench. You need, say, so you would have put Saka in. I uh, had it. To...
0: I had the depth. It got beaten 6-1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: And the biggest problem is you've got two Manchester United players in there as well, mm. three.
0: Yes, well, for the listeners, alone, worry, I was once told by a very, very intelligent person, never take criticism from those you wouldn't take advice from, so <laughs> I move on.
5: I had my worst week too, Gregor, it, it makes you feel any better, I'll still beat you by 18 points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh.
0: I'll be back. Yep. Uh, Champions League this week, fellas. Berta, you excited?
5: Yeah, sure. Love, <laughs> love Champions League football. Can't wait, like. Okay. No, well, I do watch it. I have. To, I've, I've put the stand Sport back on Champions League and and Europa League. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be watching the Newcastle versus PSG game. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Newcastle won't get a point from that game. Mm. So that's that's gonna be my big prediction that they won't get a point from that game. Arsenal, that should be a cruisy, cruisy win. Uh, Manchester United versus Galatasaray, well they should they should cruise to victory there considering the the dissection that you you gave us before about how it's all about to come together. Mm. So they, they should should win that one.
0: Speaking about coming together, how have you just turned into the host of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You've just started rattling off all the games yeah this is fantastic we love it oh it's well, a, a, bit, a bit of role
5: reversal you? well <laughs> hey you just spoke about fantasy football so i thought you wanted to be quiet and soak in the corner for a few
0: seconds <laughs> <laughs> um you, potty. so potty we had man united galatas all right who else is playing mate
1: Lons versus arsenal
0: mm. what do you think cosy
4: uh, yeah, no. Uh, lines going very well in the French league, so that will be a challenge. The Arsenal's already had some challenges just getting off the uh, tarmac over there. Their flight got delayed, and the, there's some bad weather around England at the moment, so they've Cozy, had a few Cozy. challenges already. I'm mm. surprised you didn't pronounce it Lens, Cosie. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't mind. Don't mind a bit of French football. Stop the French as well. <laughs> Um, and
1: City versus. Uh, Leipzig.
0: The uh, team from Germany, owned and funded by Red Bull, we call them, here yeah. in the sports detention. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so what do we think? City getting the chocolates there?
0: No, oh, they'd have to be the favourites for that. Yep. Mm. Um, Napoli versus Real Madrid. That's going to be an interesting one. A one for the real mm. romantics. Mm. Mm. Italian
5: football. It was something.
0: Dortmund. Dortmund versus AC Milan, fellas. This is the other end of the um, PSG Newcastle group. So this will be an interesting match.
4: Yeah, I think all those games. It doesn't matter, mm. you know, all these pool group games in that that pool. They're all they're all cutthroat. There, you know, you can't be off your game for any of them. Mm.
5: Appreciate Dortmund will be hard to get at home though. Mm.
4: Newcastle going to feature
0: in the points. Dark egg. Dark egg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So a final one here just in the interesting one. So we've got Celtic Lazio but I I touch base on uh, Union Berlin you guys mentioned last week on the episode. They play Sporting Braga. This is a real opportunity. They're currently I believe Union Berlin or Union Berlin uh, currently (laughs) they're currently 11th in the Bundesliga. So it doesn't look likely that they'll play Champions League football again next year. So this might be one of those romantic nights where they can pick up some points in the Champions League with a match against Sporting Braga. It'll be an interesting one. Mm. Happy days, happy days. Rightio. What do you reckon, boys, that does us? Uh, yep.
5: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thanks I'm, again for joining us. to watch
4: another replay of the AFL Grand Finals.
5: So well, I'm off to work on my fantasy team.
0: Oh, well, I don't need to work on mine. Mine is doing good.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you, boys. Always a pleasure. Expertise, second to none. Absolutely, lads. Thanks again. And, Potty. Thank you,
5: boys. Thanks, Sh-
0: boys. Should we get into the integrity report?
1: Let's get integral.
3: The integrity. This is Democracy Manifest.
0: Potty, we have integrity issues. We do,
1: mate. People keep sticking their hand up and we keep investigating. Mm.
0: Um, did you watch the most recent season of, I think it was Survivor Australia? Oh.
1: I didn't oh, see no, it. I no, I
0: didn't. No, no, no. Neither did I. Um, but anyway, I, I couldn't help but uh, be you know, caught on social media uh, about a young gentleman. There's a fella named Fraser Lack. Apparently he's a real estate agent. Yep. Heard of him before. Yeah, I I
1: think so. When the when you sent through the integrity issue, I was like, I
0: think I know that name. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Fraser's a oh, I believe he's a real estate agent from the Melbourne area, and um, he. Obviously, has a bit of a social media presence. He, I mean, I saw an interview with him on the project when he was on Survivor Australia. So he's got a bit of a bit of a media People following. Know who he is. People know who he is, and he doesn't mind himself as a bit of a a motivational type of guy either. Yeah. So I mean, that doesn't bring any criticism, does it? No. Never. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Fraser has been involved in what can only be described as the car heist of the century, Potty.
1: The car heist of the century.
0: And, I mean, this news wasn't reported in the traditional media outlets. This news was reported direct from the horse's mouth. I'll roll the tape for you, Potty. So, as uh, Fraser on his social media, at Fraser Lake.
6: So, my car was actually broken into this week, and a few personal items were taken, which really sucks. More so, it felt gross, because it felt like my personal space have been violated a book was actually taken as part of that which was mm. Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning ironically Kidding. but importantly yeah. it was a really really great lesson that time cures everything 72 hours every day it'll just matter less and less and also don't ever leave anything in your car even if it's hidden but it was also a really really great reminder just carry on Don't let external bullshit flatten you. Be grateful. Your cup is overflowing. There is so much to smile about in life. There's only two things you can control. It's your effort and your attitude. Everything else is not up to you. Things will rattle you when you least expect it. So follow the plan, not the mood. Get back to work. People can tell when you love what you do. It's how you turn up. It's your level of skill, interest, care, attention to detail. Your energy is honestly felt before it's even heard. Some people will get...
0: What do you think, Potty? Well, I think
1: that he is going for the Guinness World Record of the most cliches blurted out on social media in the 30-second <laughs> period.
0: Mate, I, I think the listeners at home, you're probably going, why does Fraser sound so chipper considering he's just had his car jacked? Oh, he
1: does. Has somebody yeah. done him a favour? Can I go through a couple of them for you? Yeah. Your cup is overflowing.
0: Yeah, I love it. With what? Bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> Just carry on. Yeah, I mean, that's you me, eh? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I was going to do that anyway, but thanks for that. Uh, don't let external bullshit flatten you. Yeah, mm, Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Only two things you can control, your effort and your attitude. He's
3: not wrong. Yeah,
1: I'd like to think I could control a little yeah. bit more than that. Yeah, yeah bladder. you're right. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, follow the plan, not the mood. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Yes, okay. And your energy is felt before it is heard.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so... Look, I mean, when I came across this video on social media, you know, and him talking about the fact that he'd just had his car, you know, ransacked, mm. essentially, um, you know, I thought of straight away, I thought, you know, this situation would rattle anyone. Mm. Not Fraser. Not Fraser. What did he do? He grabbed his phone and he straight away went on the front foot. Yep. Not only did he just rattle off... Oh,
1: you mean he called the police?
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. He just rattled off a succession of motivational quotes like a machine gun. Oh. But also, too, I mean, he was able to describe the items that were missing in such detail like the memoirs of a Holocaust survivor. Hmm. Yeah. Now I don't know about you, but I've there. There's a bit of my my bullshitometer is going off on this a bit, Potty. Now I'm not saying that Mr. Lack hasn't had his car ransacked. However, I am possibly questioning that there are people on the fringes of society breaking into cars looking for novels. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think, mate?
1: Look, he is the he. I'm not suggesting that his car wasn't broken into. I'm sure it was. Put that right out there then. I'm suggesting he's the first person in the history of the world to be happy about his car being broken into. Is that
0: just because he is oozing success?
1: It could well be. (laughs) I mean, I'm asking you. Isn't it okay to be upset if someone's jumped into your car and nicked your possessions, especially a highly cherished novel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Now the question is: Are we suggesting librarians are, are walking around breaking into cars?
0: Now I don't want to. Be, I don't want to seem like I'm being outrageous here.
1: Yeah, we don't like that here. No,
0: is has Fraser taken this opportunity to, you know, tell the world that he reads? <laughs> well, is that possibly something, that, or is he basically using? The situation that he has found himself in, in terms of his car being broken into, and comparing that with somebody who has survived the Holocaust. Oh, (laughs) We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's not doing that. Because I'm certain the memoirs are, like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good information in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... The problem lies where people decide that the things that many people go through in life every single day, many people have had their cars broken into them today. Yep. But to think that this is the opportunity to go on social media and, yeah, you know, just, you know, there's, there's inherent good in this, guys. Mm. Here it is. And then give us that verbal diarrhoea that you did. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of people listening and subscribing to his social media pages now. And, you know, whatever message he's trying to spread, it's been spread. But mm. I'm going to say I would love to see the message of somebody else whose car's been broken into who was filthy about it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that I'm, would be far more entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> it'd I'm, be real.
1: It'd mm. be real. Because, um, look, there's no doubt you'd be filthy about it.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll play the... Uh, the track for you again and we'll let you leave it with you guys to summarize your thoughts on this ladies and gentlemen you're welcome Fraser Lack
6: so my car was actually broken into this week, and a few personal items were taken, which really sucks. More so, it felt gross because it felt like my personal space had been violated. Yeah, how but dare book that? Book was actually gross. taken as part of that, which was Victor Frankl's *Man's Search for Meaning*. Ironically, but oh, oh, nice it was one a phrase. really, really great lesson. That time cures everything. 72 hours, every day, it'll just matter less and less. And also, don't ever leave anything in your car, even if it's hidden. But it was also really, really great reminder, just steel, carry yeah. on, mm. don't let external bullshit flatten you, be mm. grateful, your cup is overflowing, there Ooh, is yes. so much love to smile about in life, there's only two things you can control, it's your effort and your attitude, mm. everything else is not up to you, things will rattle you when you least expect it, so follow the plan, not the mood, get mm. back to work. People can tell when you love what you do, it's how you turn up, it's your level of skill, interest care attention to detail your energy is honestly felt before it's even heard some people will get
0: your energy is felt before it is heard
6: an
1: absolute ripper and you know final note from me mate on this one um you know i think you said a best phrase back to work mate
0: (laughs) (laughs) speaking about going back to work mate all sports all sports let's roll All Sport Potty, we're here. Uh, we've got a guest again, mate. We've got a guest, Morgz. I, I have one week away and the guests just come flying in. Come flying in. Just like the ratings go flying upwards as well, as well. I already mentioned. Mm. So, um, mate, there's a reason we've got Morgs in. Yep. Come on, give us a spiel.
1: AFL GF. Ooh. Huge. And as we spoke about last week,
2: Morgs, you are a massive Pies fan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Um, always good to get a call up uh, back. Obviously, uh, you don't want to be one it and It tells done. you something. Yeah, it, tell it, does, yeah. <laughs> it does tell you something. <laughs> That's it. I was thinking it was a bit more like vanilla ice or one hit wonder, but I'm back. So no, I'm no. Well, I, I
0: was right. listening back to the previous podcast on the way back down from the Brisbane International Cruise Terminal. And <laughs> I tell you what, it has never surprised me how much victorian's love the g oh. <laughs> i mean the way morgan spoke about the g and you know the the fact that the you know the way it was going to play a factor in the match you know i I mean, I needed to hear more live. Sacred ground. Sacred ground, it, it, It's
2: as a spiritual say. place. It really is. It's, it's the and
1: all New South Welshmen listening had to confirm that the G was actually the MCG. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry and the that
0: that. fact that we've got Morg's back tells us that he is not hiding under a rock somewhere, so it must have gone well for his pies.
2: It did. Gee whiz. I've been singing that song for about uh, oh, 48 hours straight now. So, Potty, Yep, the pies got up. The pies got up, mate.
1: What a game! Can I just say, as someone who doesn't watch AFL week in week out, that was an absolute cracker of a game, was it? Oh, it was. Yep, Morks, the the grand final, mate. I know your pies won, so obviously you're pretty happy with it. But where does it rank as far as grand finals concerned? What was it a cracking game for your,
2: for a purist? Yeah, yeah. As as a as a big fan of the game, and and realistically, I said this to a to a bloke yesterday at the at Woolies. I never mind a grand final win lose or draw as long as it's close because you want the two best teams play and that was right up there four points in the end um a real real arm wrestle of a game so it was Ugh. yeah it was it, for me it was it was one of the best that we've had in the last 10 15 years for sure
0: and the fact that it's that time of the year, I mean, everyone's got the grand final fever, that you'd be walking through Woolies and somebody would pull you aside for an in-depth conversation on the grand final is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only other
2: Victorian that lives here, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's, uh, it, we, we stick together.
0: <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good match. I must say, Potty, too, I, I was lucky enough to get home in time for kickoff, um, and obviously being away all week, I wanted nothing more than just to sit on the lounge and... And watch some footy, so regardless of what code it was. But, I mean, it was a good contest. I mean, you know, Brisbane, they, they appeared, and this is completely uneducated opinion on AFL because I don't know anything about the game, but they appeared to be a lot more clinical than Collingwood when they had scoring opportunities, but Collingwood just seemed to move the ball so much better. Am I anywhere on the mark with that?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty spot on with the, the game styles that they play. So, uh, yeah, Brisbane love to hold possession and and they're a little a little bit more clinical. Um as we as we've seen, they just like to take their time whereas Collingwood just get the ball down there and do the job.
0: And I mean, it shows you in the score. So, I mean, Collingwood 12 goals 18 behinds. So, mm-hmm. they were having, you know, they were attacking, they were having shots at the goal whereas Brisbane 13 8. They we're having the better opportunities or they'll taking more advantage of the opportunities they were given but they'll given less opportunities because of the running play of Collingwood Like they move the ball i was watching and I'm going oh this is rugby league style movement of the ball with the hand passing down the channels it mm. was yeah it was good and um I think the Lions.
1: Oh, I don't know what it ended up, but late in the third quarter, maybe only one mark inside fifty. So
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. So mm. it was a yeah, it was a it was a pretty pretty strange game in terms of um, the styles of play and the, the scoring opportunities, which is as we talked about last week. Brisbane's um, Forte has taken marks inside the forward fifty, which mm. is interesting.
0: Yeah, and he missed that kick too, the last one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty. What I mean, anybody sitting on the lounge would say, "Pretty straightforward," because mm. you know we know better. But uh, I mean, it was a, it was a surprise that he missed that goal nine
2: mm. times out of ten. You kicked that,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Norm Smith, mate,
2: yeah, Bobby. buddy, Buddy Hill. Buddy buddy. I called
0: him Buddy <laughs> Hill, but I've been um, informed that it's actually Bobby Hill.
2: Yeah, Ian, Ian Bobby Hill, oh, yeah. um, won it on the day. Um, definitely got it because he kicked some really, really strong goals, in mm. the, especially in the first half. Yep. Um, not my not my pick. My pick was uh, was was someone else uh, going into it with which was Nick Dakos, who he mm. had the most disposals on the game, but um definitely a definitely a deserving winner. I found out
0: he got he's got a brother too, Dacos there's, yeah, there, there's, there's like two of the same player on the field, but with different numbers on it. Yeah. Oh, field. yeah. Two little Greek fellas running they, around. They, they <laughs> move the same. They look
2: the same. If you go back in the 90s. Jeez, and watch he's everywhere. Day, yeah. He's <laughs> kicking it to himself. Yeah. If, you, if you watch his dad, his dad's a sensational as well to watch, and he yeah. moves in the exact same way. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. yeah. I didn't realise it till after the game when, <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> I was getting the medals.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, um, Bobby Hill, like. He's he's a smaller player, am I correct? Yes, that's right. But the way he got free at times as well. What's Mm. the like from an AFL player? What's the art of him getting free from his defender so often? There.
2: Yeah. So the the art of that is a small forward. Um, me being for the listeners who haven't seen me, um, small forward is probably not my role. Um. So I'm, I'm one of the bigger guys. But what happens is you generally try and help out as a defender. So you run over and try and get to the contest. Where he goes is he reads the flight of the ball really well and he gets out the back or doesn't jump or he'll, he'll get to the feet of the contest, which means that two guys basically belt each other in air, which is legal in AFL, and the ball drops to a certain spot. Yep. And the best small forwards read that yep. really well. And, that's, and he is just sensational at it. But... Um, I'll talk about it later but yeah he he does that as well as plays a lot bigger than
0: himself mm. so a bit more on Bobby um, drafted by Western Sydney yes great so Sydney, yep. is he a, an example which you know I, I mean obviously just on the periphery and listening is he an example of a really really good player who ended up getting drafted by Western Sydney but that lure of going back to Victoria was always there. Is he one of those guys, or what think, was what think, was the reason I think he went for, back?
2: For Bobby, um, he's he's got Toby Green sitting in front of him and a couple of really good small forwards, so he That's wasn't right. actually getting that much of a game time, um, down there. We we needed it. We needed someone to give Jamie Elliott uh, another chop out. But the big lure in in the AFL, and and we talked about it just before we started the podcast, is playing at the G the g the g, g. we g. love the old lady it's um it's a it's an amazing venue to play on and and to get to play there every second week is is pretty special and, and bobby as we can see now he's a big game player mm. uh so you know to play in front of eighty thousand plus every week now cool.
0: when i was my my crews as i've alluded to it and I don't want to you know bore everyone continue to bore everyone with my crew stories but I will um it left from Brisbane so I was absolutely smothered by Broncos and Lions jerseys all week mm. and I'd had enough of it so I was actually leaning firmly on the pies and the fact that I've got you know people I know that wanted the pies to win I but you know what does it mean for Brisbane to be as successful as they have been this season again after, you know, being at such a long period of time but since they'd won, what was it, three in a row, early 2000s? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Like, it seems like it's been a long time between drinks and then you've had the Gold Coast lumped in on them as well. So that yeah. sort of filters out that southeast quarter in terms of, you know, where potentially good young players could end up, you know. Um, what do you think it means for Brisbane to be back sort of at the top of the...
2: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. We, we, we talk about it all the time as a, you know, being a Victorian, obviously um, we, we love all Victorian grand finals. But the fact of the matter is that most of the grand finals in the recent history have featured one Victorian mm. and one non-Victorian yeah. team, which for me as a purist of AFL, and, and I'll, I'll allude to the fact that I absolutely love the game, um, as you pro- probably can tell, to have two interstate teams is a really good thing. It's good for the yeah. AFL. Yeah. Um, as someone that works f- a little bit with a with a club up here, for me, my main goal is to get kids from Coffs Harbour, from this re- region upwards, drafted, because mm. it's great for the game for everywhere. You know, you you really want that. And, so. and it's
0: a completely different system to what I would have experienced or I know of through rugby league. Mm. Is mm-hmm. the fact that you know the draft plays it? It really, yeah. It it provides a different dynamic. Say, for example, you're owning academy setups and especially regional academy setups, you know, you really want to be investing that money to reap the rewards of the fruit that it produces. But with the draft system, it sort of changes that dynamic a little. Yeah, it does.
2: Um, The the clubs have the opportunity to sort of... um, uh, for lack of a better terms, buy back their players with draft picks Ooh. and things like mm. that. So if they've yeah. got a kid that they know is in the academy, An and, and he's are yeah, putting the he's work sister, in, yep. they can actually bid for that player and get get him down. Mm. So um, Sydney Swans have basically their whole core nucleus is from the sydney swans academy and they kept those guys um you know eric gould and chad warner things like that who played a significant role in last year obviously they didn't get the bickies but they're yeah. all academy kids which is a really big thing um for that football club and, and they invest heavily in their regional academies and they they've done
1: that for heavily. a long time The other swans
2: yeah the swans every club has them um yep. when i was with collingwood um with my work we would have nick dacos as a part of the academy come and train with us as a 15, 16 year sixteen-year-old, and he was, you know, as good as he is now mm. on the big stage as he was back then playing but up.
0: So, even as a kid, I remember that obviously down the Riverina area, the Swans had a pretty decent footprint oh, yeah. down there. Mm. So, like Paul Kelly,
2: yeah, yeah Swans legend. Oh yeah, absolutely, and so that's that's the goal of the academies is to is to find that one kid and make sure that they don't get lured across. We've got kids that, you know, every day we look at them, especially in my opinion, could probably play AFL if they trained and, and worked mm, towards yeah. it. But they are lured by other clubs and other sports, especially in this regional part where yep. league is such a huge thing. So for us to try and get onto them and, and bring them a little bit closer to AFL, it's, that's us the Drag them goal. back. Yeah, that's Drag it. Him, get, them, get them back.
0: So back to the grand final, mate. Yep. Where did the Lions lose it in your opinion?
2: Oh, to be honest with you, I think they played an absolutely unbelievable game. I yeah. don't think that there'd be any person there that says that they lost it. Um, in terms of their strategy They probably let a little bit Too much go inside of the um, Defensive small forwards Bobby Hill obviously Didn't get contained in the first half and that hurt them um, Their midfield played a really Good role, they arm wrestled all day Their defenders were pretty good In terms of through the air um, They stopped Collingwood's game plan Which is to go and take a mark up forward um, mm. And then their, their forwards Really didn't get involved early So um, we saw that in the second, third, and fourth quarter with their forwards just lit up. After that, because so, yeah.
0: uh, it's interesting you say that because I, I remember the commentary team making a comment that with Collingwood just playing that that ball into the into the front line into the forward line, and they w- what would be another tactic that they could use to avoid that because the Broncos, uh, not the Broncos the buddy line the loss. <laughs> <laughs> everything goes back to rugby league, mate. I tell you that. Um, the Lions were just mopping those. That's why they lost. Adam Reynolds <laughs> was yeah. out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, yeah, they seemed to it. be all over it, though. You yeah, know, yeah. So, and, and, but, I mean, Collingwood kept going to that play, but what, what would be another strategy that you, that you could have seen as a fan that they could have implemented?
2: The the Lions really, I mean, in terms of that, they, they really needed to assess that the small forwards were doing the damage. Um, mm-hmm. There was a player up forward and, you know, I don't want to speak ill of anyone at Collingwood because they won a premiership, but um, Billy Frampton wasn't having the greatest day. Yeah. Um, I think he had Three touches of the ball Maybe one disposable For the day Won, yeah. a, won a premiership medal And he was in there For damn experience. So he He's had injured.
0: quite a good day Actually <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a, a ripping day
2: Value for money If I was to do that much of my job And get paid that much I'd be pretty happy as yes, well um, Good on you Billy You know yeah, what on Billy, Bill um, Works smarter not harder He's so off the Christmas
1: card list Yeah, that, Yeah He Ooh. probably won't
2: get one Sorry Bill Um, But yeah Like in terms of that It's okay You've got to recognise This guy's not hurting us We've got to start Looking at All right, who can we put out Can we take someone Out of the midfield And put him on uh, On Bobby And just try and Quiet him down For a little bit And they did that They did that late That Mm -hmm. was the trouble He'd already done his damage He'd already got the momentum going
1: so, I don't like to pick on individuals in such a good, um, in such a high quality performance. But since you have, I'm going to
2: jump in as well. <laughs> please, please do. Uh, the Lions, uh, mm. Jared Berry, was it? Did he give away two fifties? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he gave away a, a pretty crucial one. Um, yeah, and yeah, probably not cost anyone. Um, I think, I think it might have been one score from it. Um, but at the same time, you know, you could look at Olaf Markov. Um, he gave away um, a very, very as a Collingwood supporter, very sus free kick for a 50, and they kicked a goal out of that and, yep. and really won some momentum back. Um, and the 50 was for not standing on the mark. You know, if a weathered person oh. takes a mark, you have to stand it. And he ran past where – so he actually gave metres away yep. to stand on the mark. And, you know, we're talking about 100,000 screaming fans. Mm-hmm. He's on the boundary line, The the umpire's telling him to stand 45 metres away. It's a bit rough. But, yep. you know, they the goal, and, you know, yeah, as, in, in terms of Barry um, – I wouldn't pick on him I don't think he's the one to to go at yeah.
0: Now, in terms of goal scorers, um, mm. I you know I mentioned this last week in a in a message thread, and I got absolute crickets for it. So I'm going to mention it again, but I'm going to do it on a podcast now. How long has Erling Haaland been playing for Collingwood? <laughs> <laughs> what about that haircut? Is that the captain? Is it Darcy Moore? Darcy, Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, look, it's an interesting. He, I mean, yeah, he plays look. in
0: defence. it had me. It had my mind spinning from the. I, I thought he'd be up front, <laughs> but um, yeah.
2: look, uh, yeah. That, that haircut's in the, yeah. Well, it's something out Game it's, of Thrones, isn't it? It's <laughs> a unique one. The long hair with a shaved under undercut. Oh, he's, oh, a, oh yeah, he's just has Yeah, he's got a style. It's it's um it's his style.
0: And he's got a premiership. He so. does. And
1: speaking of Darcy Moore, I was going to mm. ask because uh, Norman Smith Medal. Who do we think gets a Norman Smith Medal? Does someone like Darcy Moore, for his work up the back, probably didn't shine as much as some of the goal scorers. Yeah. But bec- I just thought to myself, the Lions aren't getting. Marks inside 50. The defence must be doing a pretty good job. Was that
2: defensive unit high quality? The defensive unit at Collingwood's unbelievable. Um, They didn't have a mark inside the first... Uh, quarter mm. inside the 450, um, and that comes down to a, a fair bit of work. And, and Collingwood have been working on this for a number of years now, where they have recruited specifically, they have really improved guys. So um, Nathan Murphy, who went out with the concussion protocol because he got laid out by a, cool. um, yeah. a, a, a quite a nice little shoulder charge oh. to the jaw, um, yeah. nothing in it. Yeah, Nathan, if you're listening, mate, which I know you are, please stop headbutting people's shoulders. Mm. I, I like to, I like to see you play it. It's pretty good. So, mm. yeah, Darcy Moore, you know, you could pick him, but then you'd have to go with the other back six who also leave their man to come up and make that contest or, you know, are defending well enough that Darcy feels like he can come off his man to Im- impact that contest. Yep. So um, if you're going to give it to Defender, you have to give six of them out, I reckon, right. on the day. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, big question, mate. Is it one of the great grand finals? Now, I mean... I'm biased.
2: Yes, mm. yes, it is.
0: Leo Barry. Oh, oh Leo! Talk about out of mm. interstate Leo grand Barry, finals. You star. Yeah. Yeah. Leo Barry, Leo, and I mean it. it just Bruce McAvaney. Just he yep. tops it off, doesn't he, with his commentary? But. Where does it stand for you, mate? Because oh. I can probably only remember Leo Barry. That's yeah. yeah. We
2: we yeah. Look, I'm not going to lie. I you know being a sporter, supporter, um, obviously it means a lot more to me. Um, but if you go back to even 2018, Dom She kicks his goal, um, which realistically was one of the best goals I've ever seen in footy. Um, to be able to kick on that angle, drop punt, such a big stage. You, you know you've got screaming fans next year. It's right up there with that. And Mm. I think that was one of the best grand finals. And we lost that grand final, so. Mm.
0: Forgive me. I tell a lie. Because I do remember the drawn grand finals and killed Oh, yes. Yes. That was, yeah. And... Sitting there just going because I generally will watch an AFL grand final and just mm-hmm. going, What do you fucking mean? They're coming back next week, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was,
2: that was an odd one. I, I, I was lucky enough to actually be there on that grand final, um, and it was the most surreal feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, shout out to Hido, that one, um, that one still hurts, you yep, know. Yep. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, it's one that we got away with.
0: So, was that one like when it happened because mm. I've obviously. Blanked it after that because Collingwood mopped him the week later. Yeah, yeah, week later, clean but, them up. Yep. Um up. Was that just a rule that was there that they thought they'd never need? And so then it just popped a, up and three, went.
2: Oh, there's been three drawn grand finals yeah. um, in the history of the AFL. Uh, but there's been a rugby well, league one as well. Yeah, Cronulla
0: yeah, yeah. Manly back yeah. in the seventies. Parramatta St George back did, in the seventies. Parramatta
2: yeah. got flogged the next week. Yeah. Did they? They came back the
1: next yeah, week. It came yeah, back,
0: but then they obviously yeah. changed it and yeah, implemented it's, the. It's, extra yeah. times. Have, have they changed it? it yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah.
2: So the AFL now comes back. But yeah, it was. It's a it's a surreal feeling, and you know, just quietly the AFL won out of that. I think they made like a million the following week. so you know, another hundred thousand of the G. All ends. At, all, all that ends well is well. So yeah. you know.
0: What do you mean? I don't get to come again next week. I'm to <laughs> pay. i really? <laughs> yeah, and right.
1: they did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think actually that it might have caused a bit of a drama because the uh, Melbourne Marathon was meant to finish in the G. The oh next week, okay, and they correct. had to. You won't. You won't imagine which one got punted. Yeah, <laughs> they right. didn't play. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't play the um, AFL Grand Final over at Amy Park.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm surprised the Victorian government just didn't cancel everything because that's what <laughs> they've been doing lately. <laughs> oh, no,
2: don't, no, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some. Yeah, oh, we got it. No, there's a reason I live in Coffs Harbour. Oh mate, and um, you know
1: you mentioned before um, about your bias towards the pies. Don't mm. worry about that on this podcast. No. All the listeners here might be uh, forgiven for thinking there's only two teams in the NRL this year. So.
0: <laughs> Unwavering bias is welcome here. Absolutely. Um, anything else on the GF potty or? Uh, no, well, pretty much entertainment. What do you
2: think? Oh. Yeah, kiss. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been um, uh, after meatloaf. It's been it's been a little bit of a for our listeners uh, uh, at home. Uh, Meat Life played a couple of years ago. wasn't very good. Mm. Um, rest, the rest life, the life, rest in, rest in, in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, look, he was he was towards the back end of his career. But um, <laughs> look, I don't, I don't mind <laughs> it. Um, Kiss were Kiss were great. Um, my wife and I had a big discussion about it before. How much do they pay them? I think that they should get local artists from around Australia and give them the the, the limelight. I think that that's probably the better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd rather see four or five bands out there. That who are up and coming get their name out yeah. there and if they suck well they suck
0: we won't go too much into depth because then we'll start dabbling into the penis of the week so mm. we'll come back to this question yep. um, but purely pre-match um, mm. yeah I think it was yeah I, we'll come back to it we'll come back to it we'll come back to it alright so that puts a Puts the cherry on top of the AFL grand final, ninety to eighty six. Yep, yep. Collingwood over Brisbane. Um, what else happened over the weekend, Pod? Uh,
1: mate, over the weekend, uh, did we have some fights? The fights we did. The fights now. The fights oh, just did. leading into the fights, um, Grego. I apologise. I did me best last week. <laughs> I muffled um, me way through the fights. Uh, look, I... you
0: don't. You don't need to apologise to me. You need to apologise to Dan Ege and his family. <laughs> For calling him Dan Ish, okay. Dan Ish. <laughs> it's not Dan Ish. It's Dan Ega. Ega. Okay. It's a very hard one to pronounce when there's only three letters in your uh, in your surname. But yep. we'll forgive you for that. Um, look, I apologise. It was so bad that the UFC decided to have a week off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no fights on uh, UFC fights. There was the big boxing match, obviously, with Canelo versus Charlo on the weekend. Mm. Um, However, next week's fight comes up. I couldn't help. i am just I go, well, what's up next week? So they've got um, Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green, and it's just a fight night. And obviously, um, Grant Dawson and Carolina Cal- Cavill Kwich. Mm. I want to get this right because I've been poking a lot of people for getting pronunciations <laughs> wrong. Carolina Cavil Kwich. They're the only two ranked finals on the whole card. So the UFC. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Nick, you might remember, mate. They Mm. used to name their cards, like UFC, The Beginning, Clash of the Titans, Vendetta. That was Tito Ortiz and Ken Shearer. They should call this one, Thank Us for the Opportunity. (laughs) UFC, thank us for the opportunity. Because there are no ranked fighters on this card. But as I always say... Um, These ones are the ones to look out for So check out the fight night this week But as we've just seen on the weekend Canelo versus Charlo Did you catch the fight mate? No, didn't
1: catch the fight Didn't catch the fight? Got the highlights Got the highlights
0: Now Canelo got another big big victory under his belt He beat Charlo on the scorecards Um you know, post-fight, Canelo showed no indication of slowing down, which was really interesting, you know, just obviously, you know, expressing that boxing's his one love and he's he's going to continue to get better. Um, Charlo, he sort of indicated, oh, well, I came up 12 pounds and, you know, pretty much that's boxing, you know. I, I fell short tonight, which was, you know, I think that pretty much told the story of the fight. Like, he fell short, but he, he, he fell well short, mm. really. Um, you know... Canelo never ceases to amaze me, and I don't know if you've watched much of Canelo box in the past, but his ability to close distance and push forward is his real weapon, just because he's not you know, the biggest boxer. He hasn't got the, the biggest reach. He's someone who needs to get into the pocket to work. Mm. But he's just his power and his ability to get in and close that distance, and his counter punching and defensive style. It's it's so good to watch, you know. Um, and it's his speed that enables him to do it. So when he pops his jab really quick, he can he can close that distance and really put you know opponents on the back foot. And that's why he has success against against bigger fighters. Um, Charlo did get some sex, success when he... somewhat
3: what? <laughs> some <he>? sex. <laughs> Charlo so
0: may good. have got some sex <laughs> oh, wow. after the fight, he, especially if someone who <laughs> who stays celebrant <laughs> during camp. That's good. That's good <laughs> on him. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> let that one go. <laughs> but, um, you know, he did get the jab going and it just really halted Canelo just for that short period and wasn't allowing him to push forward. Mm. Um... You know, but it just wasn't there for long enough. Like, it was only... He only really worked that strategy for the first four rounds and then Canelo just went to work. And, um, you know, when you, when you see this fight and if you watch it back, you'll see how and why, you know, Canelo has had success against the likes of Triple G and Kovalev. You know, he's been able to... Close that distance, and he's just been the first to get off and get him on the back foot. And you know, even though I, I think he lost the first fight against Triple G, he clearly won the the next two. Mm. Um, you know, it was really, really easy. In and obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing to go. Well, of course, Canelo was going to win this fight. Like it was, yeah. Even though Charlo, he was lighter weight, he he did have a three inch reach advantage, but you know, Canelo just did Canelo. Mm-hmm. And this is that's what he does. Um, you know, he got a 10-8 in the seventh with a delayed knockdown, um, but it wasn't until the twelfth round that any judges gave Charlo any points. So, uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Uh, uh, Canelo seems as though he's he's bounced back from that uh, setback against Demetri Bivol that he had uh, recently. So, I mean, for somebody when you look at the um, the records of them So Canelo's now So they're both 33 years of age So Chino, Charlo and Canelo So you look at it and you go Oh well, they're two fighters In their absolute prime Canelo's 62 and 2 now
3: mm. You
0: know there's a twenty-six fight difference between the two.
2: That's a lot of fights.
1: That's
0: a lot of fights. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of time in the ring. Yeah. You, you really know? hope
2: that you're not getting hit that much.
0: There's that's a lot of time. But it's if we talk about, you know, Malcolm Gladwell and his ten thousand hours, like this is how experienced Canelo is. Yeah. Um, but every time I see Canelo fight, I just think of Floyd Mayweather. How mm. clever yeah. Floyd Mayweather was. Floyd Mayweather got Canelo in there in 2013, ten years ago. Yep when Canelo was the young kid on the block and made him suck down to 152 and Floyd Mayweather, for the rest of his time, will have Canelo Alvarez on his record as he beat him. Yeah. You know, So I think every time I see Canelo you know, fight, get better, I just go, gee, Floyd Mayweather was so smart. He was so clever to get him at that time because without a doubt if Floyd and Canelo were to oh. fight now, Canelo would beat the piss out of him. Mm. There's, you know, there's no and denying that. And he wouldn't be going out of 152. There's no, no, one. no he's yep. fighting at light yep. heavyweight now. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. it was a genius by Floyd, yeah. But, you yeah, know, that's what he was always good at. Um, yeah, I don't know where to now for um, for Charlo. Obviously, there'll be the talk around the Australian circles of, of him fighting... Um, Tim Zoo. So he
1: vacated the WBO um, belt, which makes uh, Zoo the uh, official or full world champion now. Yeah, I so think leading into the fight.
0: But I mean, Zoo zoo's obviously looking for that Charlo fight. Yeah, he he wants that fight. So I, I mean, it's it's at that point where you, the belts will, they'll shift here and there. But mm. you know, you really it's about making those big fights. I've always said, and I know you repeated it last week, Potty, that. You know, I think Zoo needs a couple more fights. Give mm. him a couple more fights. Even yeah. if they're, they're begging for you to take that fight and there's a lot of pressure from your promoters, or well, it's big money, you know, be ready. Mm. Be ready to step in there because once you get that fight, if you win it, it's off to the races, baby. Mm. Yeah. You, you know, you one, won't... One
2: paycheck is not as good as 15. Yeah, mm.
0: and yes. it's... And it's... you got to get better. Yep. You know, you got to be... And, you know, you saw what Bud Crawford did. Mm. You know, like... These guys are in and around that area that will, you know, shift weights and there's there's big fights there. But you know, you got to be ready for those big fights. Otherwise, you have your one big fight and then, you know, boxing moves on. Yep. So
2: just, just on boxing, you guys reckon that anyone is ever going to roll it up into one neat little package and stop have four different titles and four different? Mm, no chance. No. Yeah. I it's Absolutely ever no there. chance.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the difference between say. The UFC and I'm a fight fan. I'm not a boxing, you know, traditionalist. Mm. Or I, I watch any fighting, any combat yep. sports. I'm all in, you know. And um, UFC has the market share. UFC is is mixed martial arts, essentially. They can control the narrative when it comes to who fights who, and mm. it's all for everyone wants to fight under that big banner. If you are at the tip of the spear, whereas boxing it's promoter driven, you know. Yeah. So you've got promoters who have a lot of influence who are Challenging their fighters against other promoters who have a lot of influence and then you've got these organisations that sit within that and go, oh, well, you can use our little bit of gold to promote your fighter, you Mm. know, by winning world titles in our our divisions. And, yeah, I I don't see it change. It's been around for so long that, you know, it ain't going to change, but I suppose it's in the eye of the beholder. What what value do you put on each belt is really going to determine you know where that fighter sits and absolutely. is that fighter you know how that fighter's seen i mean the ring ring does their undisputed championship which you know holds some weight mm. even though people don't read magazines anymore mm. but um you know well, hey. oh hey? <laughs> oh nine at
2: worth shout out
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean will it change absolutely not yep. yeah absolutely not
1: all oh, good well, well done, mate, on bringing the uh, standard of the fight commentary back up to where it needs to be. I
0: oh, know I loved it last week. It made <laughs> me look like Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> I threw my hands in the air though. <laughs> I loved it. Beautiful. Um, uh, NFL. NFL, mate. We love the NFL. What were the scores from the weekend, Potty? All right, so big the, weekend.
1: Yeah, big weekend. The Lions um, beat the Packers, thirty-four to twenty. Uh, the Jaguars, 23-7 uh, to seven over the Falcons. Texans, 30-6 to six over the Steelers. Rams, 29-23 over the Colts. Uh, the Vikings, 21-13 uh, over the Panthers. The Bucks, 26-9 uh, to nine over the Saints. Uh, Greg, I this one for you, mate. Uh, the Commies. The Commies. <laughs> the Commies. Yes,
0: Washington football team, formerly yeah. known as the Redskins. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, they went down... Um, uh, 31 to 34 against the Eagles in a tightly fought uh, contest. That's a
0: surprising score. That one.
1: Mm, certainly was, uh, and uh, the Dolphins uh, did a little bit better than last week, but we're still down to the Bills, 48 to 20. Mm. Uh, the Bengals went down 27 um, three to the Titans. The Ravens smashed the Browns 28 three. Uh, the Broncos got a win. <laughs> uh,
3: 31
1: to 28 over the North Sydney Be- Oh sorry the Chicago uh, Chicago Yeah, Bears. Brisbane fans get around the Denver yeah. Broncos get around the Denver. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do that then yeah. I'll go well either. No. Uh, and uh, the Chargers, 24 to 17 over the Raiders. Uh, the Cowboys 38 to3 over the Patriots. 49 is 35 to 16 over the Cardinals and the Chiefs 23 to 20 over the Jets in Seattle are playing at the moment and, and that is the first touchdown first, first touchdown day. DK
0: Metcalf the week that I don't have him in my multi no. good on oh, you sir <laughs> <word, mate. laughs> Greg Owens had you in his multi all year yeah. uh, uh, let's go Hawks
1: Go the Hawks. And would you believe, the three of us Hawks fans here. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: how did you come about supporting the Hawks, potty? So about five or six years ago,
1: I was living in Brisbane and a good friend of mine, Hendo, I'm sure you're listening out there, mate. Trevor Hendy. Trevor Hendy. Was it? <laughs> a massive Ravens fan. and uh, Him and his mates from school were in a fantasy um, uh, competition every single year and he said, oh, I'm doing another one. Do you want to jump in? So I jumped in and I decided that I needed a team and I went through and I – um. Just landed on the Seahawks because I decided I just couldn't pick someone who was absolutely rubbish. Yeah. So I uh, picked the Seahawks. And, I was uh,
0: hoping that it would be like uh, we we're talking about who would win in a fight: a Seahawk or a Raven. Yeah. <laughs> and no, and he, it's it's, it's, it's a <laughs>
2: good way to do your footy tipping, to be honest. Oh, I tell you what. Well,
1: actually, maybe I should have done that because the Eels not beaten anyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, Morgs, what about yourself, mate? I, yeah. I know you briefly mentioned it last week.
2: Yeah, a couple of reasons. Um, watched a documentary on Richard Sherman. Yep. Um loved loved him. Um, love the trash talking. Love that he backs it up. Then uh, there was an Aussie plan for him at the time. Um, Williams. Uh, yep. And then the, the last reason, or the the other two reasons, is uh, I love lime green. It's my favourite cover colour. So it's in the it's in the uniform now, which is great.
0: Mm. Does Jesse Williams do? What's he doing at the moment? Is he back in Australia? Yeah, he's back in Australia. Is he he runs a gym. Yeah, yeah. Academy yeah, yeah, yeah. Ups, yeah. up
2: north um, and and, yeah, and does some really wonderful things, especially with some uh, underprivileged youth. Because um, he,
0: he lucked out. I mean, he, mm. he got obviously right. had his illness and, you know, I mean, he was a championship winner at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yep. we talked about college football on this podcast before. Mm. So, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's, he's a right
2: player. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, mm. And then the last reason is um, is the Seattle Supersonics, my favourite basketball team, oh. before they oh, oh, the and bring
0: them. Hey,
2: bring them back. Hey, Macklemore, Macklemore's applying.
1: Well, mate, we have Just not mean. been opposed to starting a movement
0: here,
2: yeah. so yeah. bring, bring back, back the Sonics. The Sonics, Sonics. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. Sonics need to be in. Ooh. We love it. What about Gregor? Gregor? Yeah.
0: Oh. Me? Uh, well, I, I lived in Vancouver, hmm. so I used to, yeah, duck down over. and watch the games. Hop so, over the border? Yeah, it was pretty easy, and uh, when I was on the tools back in the day in in Vancouver, there was a, a guy I used to work with, and he was just, love the football. Like, hmm. it's obviously, it's ice hockey central in, in Vancouver. The Canucks? love the Canucks. Um, however, he would just... Froth on the football And that was sort of How I got into it Mm. And then I was just Yeah Once you go to a game You fall in love With the game Mm. Yeah So going down to What was then Questfield I think they call it Lumen now Yeah Um, Yeah I mean There is no better Atmosphere Than Starting at the top end Near Pike Place The Marching band Storms down Mm. Centre of the city Straight in Open the gates you think you're walking into the stadium with the marching band, but actually then they usher you over to the ticket booth and you've got to line up for another half hour. But anyway, it's a, it's a yeah. bit of a, pretty <laughs> bit quiet of a stadium. <laughs> pretty, pretty
2: quiet stadium, I hear.
0: Well, it is it is loud. It yeah. is loud. I, I mean, I learnt very quick the importance of defence in NFL football because mm. we wondered why everyone was standing when we didn't have the ball and they sit down and it's almost like, oh, we got the ball again.
6: Yeah. It's mm, completely
0: yeah. bizarre. It's, it's so different to, you know, the traditional sports that we enjoy, such as, you know, soccer, football, AFL, you know, where it's all about offence. Mm. In, you know, American football, it's defence. That's why someone like the Legion of Boom was so big. Oh. You know, because Seattle was so good on defence. But anyway, yeah, that's how I became a, a Seahawks fan. Yep. Yeah. It's a match of the round, mate. Who'd you have, Paddy?
1: Uh, so I took a look at the Panthers versus the Vikings, which ended up uh, Vikings taking it away 21-13. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting match. It was back and forth. Um, and the reason why I was sort of interested in it was two reasons. Number one, I've um, uh, been following Kirk Cousins for a few years because he was my uh, QB in my fantasy mm. um, competition a few years ago and served me quite well. But also uh, quarterback on Netflix. Quarterback, we, yes. we, we, we followed... Um, we covered that a few um, oh, weeks yeah. ago, didn't we, on the program? And so I'd like to see how Kirk Cousins is going. Uh, he started a bit shaky threw an intercept, which led to a 90-yard um, touchdown, so that wasn't the best. Um, also threw another one a little bit later on. I think it was in the third quarter, but um, at the end of the day, he threw two crucial touchdown passes, which which steered them to victory. Uh, he was probably the difference. Uh, the Panthers have a very young QB at the moment, Bryce Young. Mm. So, Bryce Young, oh, very young. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's like
1: Ashley Young. Ashley the, Young. Forever. No, 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 it's not like Ashley Young because he's 80. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, he had a nightmare of a day, and the Vikings' uh, defence just had an absolute party. I think he got sacked five times. Mm. So, they were just. Um, basically running through at will towards the end. He didn't did,
0: a, did a bird shit in his mouth? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because a bird did shit in Ashley Young's mouth as much as he tries to deny it. Now, you've uh, covered this before. <laughs> the listeners will know I will continue to press this issue every time his name comes up. As far as
1: you're concerned, it is fact. <laughs> it is. Oh, but we, we love you, Ashley Young. Yeah. Uh, but going back to Bryce Young, yeah, it was an absolute nightmare for him. Hopefully he takes something away from it. and he, he didn't throw um, for a touchdown at all. And um, yeah, 22 days real—sorry, uh, t- twenty-two years of age, a real tough day for him. And uh, the Panthers, they're looking shaky. They're the zero from four now. So I'd imagine they're in for a pretty long season. To be honest, watching the game, I'd imagine both... The Vikings and the Panthers are in for a pretty long season, mm. but uh, the Panthers more so. I
0: thought the Vikings would be better, mm. you know. I but um, we'll we'll see how it how it sort of reveals itself throughout the season.
1: Yeah, well, they got the win, and uh, next month will be really important mm. for them—the uh, next four games. But yeah, it's just you, you can't really end up being six and two, can you? And really do much. So they need mm. to they need to get some Ws behind them, and they started the other day. So we'll see. Mm. Boys, what do we have for mate? Mar- of the g-
0: Mate, I've got to have an honourable mention to the Broncos. Oh. I mean, they've turned around a miserable concession of 70 points to mm. bounce back against the North Sydney slash Chicago Bears.
2: How do you reckon the film review went that? that oh.
0: um, I mean, I was listening to a few podcasts and there was absolute people calling for sh- either Sean Payne or Russell Wilson. Someone's got to go. Mm. After conceding seventy, which are like, ah, it's harsh, but that's that's American sports, Mm, you know. They'll they'll cut you. I mean, John Elway didn't come back and start at quarterback, which was, I think, that was another surprising thing Mm. for me. But they've got the bickies. Mm. But how shit are the Chicago Bears? I mean, it's we're sitting here we're going, oh geez, they've really Mm. bounced back. They've galvanized the troops. But how shit are the North Sydney slash Chicago Bears?
1: Yeah. Yep, devastating. Maybe they need to get Greg Florimo out there.
0: Oh, the flow. <laughs> Big flow. Ooh. Oh, mate. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, we need to take a deep breath on that one. Gary Larson. Oh, Gary Larson. Matt Sears. Matt Sears. Jason Taylor. Oh, no. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> uh, was it? Mark Soden, or Mark Soden? Mark Soden. Mark Soden. Mark
0: Soden yep. David Fairley. Oh, David David Fairley. Yeah, well oh, done. Some great names. Yep. And Morgs is just sitting here going, <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> who are, are you boys talking about? about? How good's <laughs> AFL?
2: How <laughs> good's the G? How
0: yeah. good's the G? Rightio, before we get taken away, my, my match was the Chiefs versus the Jets. Um, you know, I was really keen on taking an opportunity to watch the Rogers-less, Rogers-less Jets. Mm. Um, you know, they... Indications are they're going to struggle this year just due to the fact that they built the season around having Aaron Rodgers at QB. He's full out. But, I mean, you know, Zach Wilson, he's in for a tough year regardless because of those comparisons to Aaron Rodgers. He had a day out. Mm. You know, he played really, really well. Um, You know, the Chiefs got the running game going early. They shot out to a 17-point lead, you know. And then they got a flag on the play for a face mask, conceded a safety which was, I was like, oh, well, that was bizarre. And then it completely changed the game. The momentum shifted to the Jets. Um, you know, Z- Wilson put together some really, really good drives. Um, he ran in a two-point conversion, which was almost a la Russell Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. the way he put his body on the line to get that. Um, and it levelled the match at 20, piece, uh, 20 apiece in the third quarter. I'm thinking, well, that the way it was going, I'm thinking there's, there's going to be way more points in this match, but there wasn't, you know. Um, Kansas got a early field goal in the in the fourth, and you know the game just played out defensively. Um, they they just really struggled to to put points on the board both sides, but um, you know it was really really well contested. Kansas got a three and one, Jets down to one and three. So, um, but I mean, seeing Aaron Rodgers in the stands, uh, I mean he wasn't the only superstar there. There was a list of them, but um, seeing him there, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm going, oh, this is great. Thank you. And when I'm seeing, you know, the commentators will play it out. They go, "Oh, Wilson's looking very Rogers-like." You know, even with his, you know, his hiding of or disguising of the ball instead of a handoff and stuff. It, there's always going to be those comparisons this season. But to see Rogers there in the stands, you obviously know he's turning up to the training paddock. And he's going to be, uh, you know, doing his thing around the around the organisation this year, which is probably the only positive you can get out of that.
1: Yeah, and uh, the the Chiefs they moved to two and zero. The
0: Chiefs. Yeah. Two and zero.
1: Yeah. Two wins with Taylor Swift in attendance, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, yes,
0: Swifty. Well, so,
2: yep. As long as Drake doesn't bet on them, they they should be oh, good to go yeah. now.
0: <laughs> so, who else was there? You were star spotting. Yeah, yeah. Balls? Look, I
2: spent my my time down there looking at the uh, sidelines rather than the actual game. Um, there was uh, a super box with with a couple of names we might we might remember. Um, there was obviously Taylor Swift. Um, with Patrick Mahomes' wife, um, mm. they were hanging out, and it, then Blake Lively popped up, which probably caught my attention the most. Um, yeah. And then her uh, her other half, um, Ryan Reynolds, was there, oh. the owner of Wrexham FC. For
0: mm. we'll but drop anybody that in. who takes an interest in Blake Lively, yeah. and then you look at Ryan Reynolds, you go, oh, far out. Mm. I look like an absolute car crash next to that bike. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's yeah. me. There's very Actually, little chance he,
2: I'll ever stand
0: next yeah, to him,
1: but yeah, that's a good thing.
2: Yes, yeah, go,
0: absolutely. Oh, you just yeah. go. Oh, but of course. Yeah. but of course. Um,
2: <laughs> and then uh, probably the biggest superstar that was standing next to those guys, uh, our, our very own huge Ackman, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Mm. Recently
0: Jackman. single, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Jackman. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's yep. devastating for my uh for my poor wife. We'll be scrambling to get to LA as we speak. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh him and Deb. I did. Huh. Yep. Good That's sad to hear. Anyway.
3: Uh, we're the sports detention guys. We're not <laughs> the woman's day, so we're going to move on.
0: Um, potty, the Ryder Cup, mate. I you know, flat out like a lizard drinking on the weekend. I didn't catch anything more than Rory trying to punch on with a caddy. Um, mm, I mean, it was happy Gilmore style. Yep. Fill us in, mate. What happened over the weekend in terms of the Ryder Cup?
1: Yep, so a dominant performance by Team Europe over the weekend in the Rye Cup on home soil, played in Italy. Uh, With a 10.5 to 5.5 lead entering the last day, the Europeans needed just four points uh, for the win. Um, It took them a bit longer than they thought, but Tommy Fleetwood um, got the chocolates. Tommy, Tommy. we we love Fleetwood back here. Um, In the 10th match of the day, with a birdie on the 16th, he clinched it. It marks the seventh consecutive Ryder Cup victory on home soil. Uh, The Europeans have won 10 of the last 14 Cups, dating back to 1995. Rory's come out, though, and he said that the big thing for him is making sure they win a a Ryder Cup away. Mm. So he's come out and stated that that's his big goal. And, uh, you know, that's... um, that's that's a really big call, and mm. it, it's gonna it's gonna set it up for this time in four years, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, is it four years or two years? The Ryder Cup. Don't know. Let's go with
2: four. You know, and I'll be wrong. Yeah. I heard um, they're going to play on a live course just to just oh, for oh, Rory. Oh, oh. oh, too soon. Uh, well, Rory, never, never Rory, Rory will here. come
0: and fight you in a minute He, he will Keep up with those comments <laughs> That's fine He should have seen me on Friday I
2: was smashing him down the fairway oh, so.
1: oh, Killing, oh, it, yeah. Killing it mate Killing it Well yep. And um, a Special mention of one of, one of our favourites here Victor Hovland Ooh. Yes Ooh, yep. yeah. Hole in one and ace On a par four <clears throat> You four, yeah. mentioned Happy Gilmore That is Happy Gilmore-esque yeah. Eat your heart out Happy Gilmore That was an absolute He didn't even know he got it. He waited for other people to start cheering. He couldn't
0: even see the hole. Well... When you think about it, imagine how many hole-in-ones on a par-4 have occurred yet nobody's seen. No. You know, especially blokes down the local oh. golf club who just, oh, remember I hit that hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was playing on my own that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. <play. laughs> Solo round on a Thursday night. You, you can no no one trust saw me. Yep. Now, I saw a little um, a little clip. I, I haven't got it for the listeners to, to chime in on it. Was it, um, was it Jordan Spieth who mm. was taking a shot and nobody – and some guys said to him, you're not – a pussy if you lay up. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. It, was it Spieth um
2: I think uh, it might have been it was it DeChambeau.
0: Maybe Deschamps. Yeah, yes, I, yes. I can't remember, You'd I did right. see it. Yeah. And I, it did stopped punching him. him. All the I just, I just sort of minutes. saw yeah. it onto the side yeah. and I, I heard the voice and it sounded like speech but now that I remember, it it was Deschamps. Mm. I, I believe. And he's probably someone you're not going to chat shit with yeah. on the side because he seems like someone who would be biting back.
2: Yeah, and he did, he did yeah. straight yeah. away. And then his caddy came over and was very diplomatic and asked him to be quite pleased yeah. after he got told to... Uh, Shut the fuck up, basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, speaking of caddies being diplomatic, oh. the Rory McIlroy debacle. <laughs> tell me more about it, guys, because I uh, all I saw was them in the car park and Rory being having having to be held back. So, how's it all started? What's occurred? Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong?
2: I for me, I, if you're a caddy, it's like a water boy running out and mm. throwing something at a um, Cleary on on Sunday afternoon. If you're a caddy. Your job is to speak to your guy and your guy only, mm. and then everything else other than that is out of your out of your depth. Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. Chirping happens, yeah. and I don't mm. mind it. Bit of a team event, but when a guy's lining up for a putt, you don't go over to him. Yeah, that's you know, bottom line. Doesn't matter what's happened previously. Doesn't matter what happens. It's like after you shake hands, it's like shaking hands with someone and then they deck you. No, mm. it's not on. Right. So that was my – that's my only takeaway from it. Um, however, yeah, look, Rory in the car park, if you've seen the footage, gee whiz, he was animated. Yeah, so whatever's being said. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, you know what? I, I, I tend to agree with you regarding your water boy reference, although Alfie Linger maybe should have done something like that the other night. He, <laughs> his stats were through the roof. <laughs> they were through the roof. But, you know, for, for as far as golf is concerned – I mean, I loved the theatre of it. I, mm. I loved watching mm. the video of them going back and forth. It, it was a spicy contest, wasn't it? Uh, Shane Lowry was um, into a marshal as well. Did you see that at
0: all? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. I, I'd heard about it though.
1: Yeah, so um, Shane Lowry was um, a marshal as he was practising um, mm. for, for a chip shot. A marshal was like, excuse me, could we all be quiet and put our phones away? And he just turned around and said, mate, you're making more noise than anyone else. Oh,
0: yes, classic.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was um, lots in the news and uh, a bit of golf. Was paid as well, so yeah.
2: you know we got to love that. The but real winner here is the the live tournament. I reckon they're going to make millions out of that. For some for some reason, they'll they'll make money out of that one.
0: Yeah, yep. Yep. well, they own everything now anyway. The <laughs> Saudis, so we've got no problem with it. <laughs> uh, Righty, a bit of World Cup rugby. No, Bloody, what do we no. got, mate? I mean, uh, oh, yes, we all sigh because the Wallabies are
1: mm. poo. Yeah, uh, since you've put it nicely, uh, since you've left, Gregor, uh, Wallabies have um gone from bad to worse, unfortunately, but. They did get a win the other day To keep their hopes to stay alive In the World Cup Uh, But they are very slim And I'll go through that in a moment So South Africa 49-18 over Tonga Mm. Australia as I said Beat Portugal uh, 34-14 Portugal Portugal, yeah.
5: rugby
1: Rugby rugby heartland Mm. Uh, Was
0: Cristiano Ronaldo playing for them? But his 9 year old son was
1: So (laughs) there you go Uh, But (laughs) Line, I think. <laughs> uh, Fiji beat
0: Georgia 17-12, which how, hurt the Wallabies. Yeah, like, I mean, you know how obviously we do, like, fight metric when mm. it comes to, like, rugby and soccer and the like? We just go, well, if Fiji beat Australia and Australia beat Georgia by 40, Fiji's obviously going to win by 70, Yeah, you know, 17 to 12 against Georgia. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. It's were like, they on island time? <laughs> it's like
1: they were tempting, you know, oh, we might lo- No, we're yeah. not going to lose. Uh, and then New Zealand in another hard fought contest, 96 to 17. I think we were all wondering why they didn't get 100. <laughs> Bit of a poor performance, lads. Come on. Well, I mean Italy need to bring back Craig Gower. Yeah. They do. They need to bring back Gower. Uh so, look, I'm going to give you the scenario as it is because the Wallabies are not out of that World Cup. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are not, mate. They are not. And uh, so, I'm going to go through the I don't believe you. I'm going to go through the scenario with you and you know, I think I'll get you believing. Fiji okay. beats Portugal next week. Wallabies out. But hang on. Fiji and Portugal tie. Wallabies out. But hang on. Portugal beat Fiji Mm. by seven points or fewer. Wallabies out. Mm. But hang on, hang on, still hope. Portugal beat Fiji, but Fiji scores four tries. Wallabies out.
3: Mm.
1: But hang on. Portugal beats Fiji by more than seven points, and Fiji score three tries or fewer. (laughs) Wallabies through. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, get your money on the Wobblies. They are a special to make to take out this tournament. That's Ooh. that's those
2: stats, isn't it? Are they running up the boogies? Well, <laughs> is that is that Eddie's plan? Oh, well. Eddie's backed himself in a the v- uh, nice holiday spot. And yeah. So, for when he returns from Japanese rugby, of course. Well,
1: that's right. That's right. Apparently taking interviews, Gregor. You missed that news, but um, did you hear it while you were on your cruise? What's that? Uh, uh Eddie Jones apparently took an interview in. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Do you blame him? Well, (laughs) I would have gone further away, to be honest. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that's the um, that's everything
0: regarding all other sport, and it was a huge week. Mm, So we're gonna keep uh, we'll keep Morgs on for the Maltese. Yeah. Um. Mate, no good for your multi? No good
1: for my multis. Um, the, I I was one out of three. We wrapped ourselves around the grand final, and yeah. I jumped all over the Broncos because wife, big fan of the, the Broncos, yeah. and it was, a, it was a safety thing more than anything, of course, mm. and uh, I knew you'd be going the Panthers, obviously, so I wanted to go the other way. Mm.
0: But no good, one from three. One from three. I got two from three, mate. Mm. No meaty for Edwards, mm. um, which was disappointing, but... Crichton got a media, Penrith got the win, but, uh, yeah, we both come up short. Yep. Gamble the winner was Sports Bears. Yep. Mm. As they are more often than not. Gamble responsibly. And tell you who didn't win was Bet-a. Better Better? Better? Better bets? Oh, Did yeah. you see that? They were offering the uh, the Panthers last year oh, uh, yep. 101 odds to go for the 3 Maximum bet 10 bucks, and they were concerned that if they had a one, they wouldn't be able to pay out bets till Tuesday because they – you know we're obviously going to take a big L on it, um, so they've gone in and they're offering five hundred cash out prior to the match. So to see, you know, for those who took up Ooh. that ten dollar option, mm. I mean, mm. yeah, I mean it looked all right. But just after about fifty-seven minutes, yep. they looked like they were <laughs> going to dodge a bullet there. The CEO was yeah. yeah, he was pretty chuffed. But um, yeah, I also heard that they had the same offer on the Melbourne Cup. So 101 odds on any of the horses, maximum $10 bet. But they took a, I think it might have been a $200,000 fine on it. So they're obviously making so much money that they just go, <laughs> we'll just take the $200,000 fine. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. You know, we'll just, it's okay.
2: Reminds me of the guys that used to live outside the beach, the uh, beach road They used to cut down their trees and take the fine. Yeah, just take fine. You know, I want the view. Well, that's it. Fifty thousand dollars and adds a million dollars to your property. I'll I'll pay that in coins.
3: Yep. So,
0: um, yeah, obviously they're they're doing something right. They they had to pay out, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know how many took the cash out option. Yep, Mm. good start. Radio uh, Penis of the Week Morgs. Morgs, this is This is the Thank most you. popular segment of our podcast, uh, according to the fans, because we mm. always hear about it, get raving reviews about it. The Penis of the Week, the Penis of the Week goes to anyone, anything that has just demonstrate demonstrated, sorry, the attributes of just being a penis. Um, oh, absolutely, Potty. will we'll let you shoot from the hip. Uh, on penis of the week, and then we'll come back and we'll just, I'll give you a moment to think, morgs and yeah, you just no. hit us with your penis of the week. Hmm. Uh,
1: so I'm going to jump on. I saw a road rage incident, and <gasps> these things happen hmm. fairly commonly. Now, look,
0: they're so embarrassing to they watch. They are
1: embarrassing know. to watch. Now, I'm not going to lie, when I get cut off when I'm driving or something like that, I've been known to give a little Stab bit someone. of. Shabby someone. I know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lose my shit in the car a little bit, you know But I never get out of the car And uh, if I realise that it's um, somebody who looks like they can kick the shit out of me I just give them a wave and cop Mm. it on the, you know, cop it on the chin And move on But um, uh, last week there was someone who got out of the car Walked over to a terrified woman And started banging on their windscreen And screaming ordinary words Mm. at them, which we won't repeat on this show, basically trying to intimidate them.
0: A woman.
3: Yeah, a
1: woman. Yeah. Mm. And this is happening far too regularly. I I feel like three or four times a year I'm seeing video footage Mm. on either mainstream media or um, social media of somebody participating in this sort of behaviour. Guys, if no one's been hurt in most of these situations come on, like, just move on. Mm. It is, you are not impressing anyone. You are not, um, if you are intimidating someone, that certainly doesn't impress me. And With the
0: prevalence of video footage too, if you act like a dickhead, there's a good chance people are going to see you acting like a dickhead.
1: That's right, that's right. Just pull yourself together, have a little whinge in your car, as most of us do from time to time when when we're cut off, and just get on with life absolutely. there is absolutely no need no, to get ca- there is no funny room story mate,
0: mate yeah i've got a merging lane that comes out of the main road of where i live hmm. and i pulled out of that merging lane it drives me nuts people stop in it all the time oh, and it's yeah. actually a merging lane it's yeah. like people will stop and take phone calls in this merging lane oh you know, like, yep, mate, yeah mate you're like you're on the phone in the middle of the road da- dangerous yeah it's dangerous. anyway so i hook around this corner and i i sort of got stuck because i still drive an automatic believe it or not ah sorry manual hmm. Not an automatic. Um, and I got stuck in a higher gear and I was like, oh, oh well, I'll keep going. I had enough time, but obviously the car that was coming up behind me was coming with some gusto. And I've just pulled out and I'm like, oh, they're gonna be upset. And absolutely blowing up behind me I could see it in the rear view it turns out it was a work colleague of ours (laughs) 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 which was (laughs) fancy (laughs) who will remain unnamed on this show I've already had this conversation with them but uh and I was like oh they're gonna hate me (laughs) 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 but anyway we it was uh yeah it was a funny little conversation we had a few days later I said oh do you remember me I was the the bloke who pulled out in front of you Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got uh, all the rundown of of how much of a hurry they were in at that Ah, that morning as
1: well. Lovely, lovely. Um, So that was my penis of the week. If you're a road rager getting out of your car, Mm. you're a penis. 100%
0: agree. Penis of the week for me, mate, the AFL. The AFL? The AFL. Hang now on. Morgs has just thrown up his Philly shell here. He's got his guard up. He's sort it of looking to roll the, the shoulders. Just, He's bobbing his head. Yeah, if you say anything about the G, and it's <laughs> over. <laughs> I am going to talk about the G, but it's not about the G. It's not about the entertainment in the G. It's about the decision making that I'm going to come in on Penis of the Week Four. How can Footy Codes continue to get Grand Final entertainment wrong? Oh, is the question. Mm, mm-hmm. Mark Seymour has officially ruined his own song, and I blame the AFL. Mark Seymour is a senior citizen, ladies and gentlemen. He needs to be looked after. He's been let down by the AFL. Now, I'm about as qualified as Dr. Dre giving a colonoscopy when it comes to acoustics and discussing that. However, if it ain't heavy rock or upbeat hip-hop slash slash electronic-styled It is not going to work in an isolated area in the middle of a 100,000-seat stadium, especially the G. Mm. NRL, you've taken this board. Shepard, you're fucking out. No more Geronimo. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I must applaud the NRL in this. And it's going to sound like I'm, I'm a one-eyed rugby league fan here because they've learnt from their mistakes. They didn't even have entertainment. Their halftime entertainment at grand final was the Seckers standing in with their high-vis trying yeah. to stop anyone from running onto the field. Perfect. But, um, you know, we always, hear about, we always hear about, oh, how good the Super Bowl does it. Ladies and gentlemen at home, if you don't know, the Super Bowl has half an hour. Mm. They pretty much have two separate games that go on because there is such a long period of time at halftime. They can set up a rock concert and have Beyonce, have all the big names come out and perform. The AFL and NRL don't have that time. They've got 15 minutes. You know, it's stop trying to compete with them. Stop trying to ruin the careers of great Australian singers (laughs) by putting them out there. Look, I think the way the NRL went about it, on the weekend was brilliant. Mm. Tina Turner, he, you can have a tribute band. Yeah, like stop saying, "Oh, we need to have the, yeah, you know, have a half kiss the crowd tribute singing band. along." Yeah, like it, Tina Turner. Like I mean, she can't come and perform. We know that, mm. rest her soul. Um, but they had the songs that the fans love. Yep. They had it was done. It was a light show. It was done, in the, and it was dusted before the start of the game. The players came out. They took over. That was the entertainment people were after.
2: I, I don't know anyone that's gone there for the entertainment. I don't know anyone. Yeah, that's it.
0: The footy players of the entertainment. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, look, so you're yep. bung on. You have heavy rock at the start, and if you're going to have something at halftime. Have a sprint race. Have a mascot game. Oh,
2: you we, know. We,
0: they bring, do all those
2: anyway. Yeah. That's the,
0: they, bring they back do
2: all Lee Ryan, and Martin O'Fall. Wow. Oh, chariots. Yeah, chariots. Chariots. I've yeah. oh. oh, made uh, Sorry, Morks. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we do the sprint race. We also, we have a bit of a tradition in AFL. I don't know whether they do it at the NRL, but we bring on Oz kickers, which are, you know, you grassroots. Yeah. We're talking mm. under, under nine yeah. and below. How good. Pick the best kids from the area and bring them down and let them play on halftime. I get rapt to see those kids' faces when they're walking out the jet. Yeah. Mm. The whole well, turf.
0: And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> give up on the halftime. yeah. <laughs> give up on the halftime entertainment, if, you're, if it was my opinion. Do it at the start of the match, then let the footy take over. Did if you need to do something, it's really for the people who are at the stadium. The people who are at home are off having something to eat, Grabbing a couple of beers yep. out of the fridge. Like, they're not even, they're not tuning in for the halftime entertainment. No. In the Super Bowl, it is completely different. Stop trying to compare with the Super Bowl.
2: Fergie, though, a couple of years might have ruined Sweet Child of Mine for me as well. Mm-hmm. No auto tune on there, Fergie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Oh, I mean, there's been some bludges. We know. Oh, that. well. Yeah. 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 And he I mean,. still loves his footy. At the end of the <laughs> Billy Idol, <laughs> and nobody will ever be as good as Tim O'Matic at the State of Origin. Well, not nah. Tim O'Matic. Tim O'Matic. So, penis of the week, the AFL. Mark Seymour, I mean, you're obviously struggling with. You know, age-related mm. illness, and we apologise for that. But The Holy Grail is a good song. There, it is. Uh, am I right in saying it's, it's synonymous with AFL final it, it, series?
2: There's, there's two. Yeah, there, there's up there Gazali and then there's The there's Holy Grail. Yeah, one. so those you stick
0: with it on the coverage. Yeah. You don't get that. Mark Seymour out there. with And pairing him up with Kate, what's her name, Kate Miller-Heidke or whatever? I don't know. know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's
2: the time oh. I, left, I left and went out to get some...
0: Son, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> AFL Penis of the Week
2: done.
0: Morks, what do you got? Yeah. Look,
2: look, I've got um, I've actually picked up a couple of Collingwood players. Um, my Penis of the Week goes out to Bo McQuarrie. Um, so he's your sole job when you win an AFL Premiership is to walk onto the stand, you give a kid a hat who's the best old kickers for the yep. year. They pick him through the year. It's a, it's a big thing. You receive your medal, and the simple last thing that you've got to do, you shake their hand. It's not much. This kid may never be on the MCG again. It's his, mm. big, it's his time. And I understand you've just won yourself an AFL grand final. Yeah.
0: But to punch the kid in the gut. I mean, come on. It was a joke, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, Is well, that what happened?
2: Sorry. So, yeah, no, literally just just ignored his handshake mm. and walked off and made a call me symbol or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what mm. kids yeah, are doing yeah. these so days. So it was
0: about him. You it, know, the about opportunity, him. The opportunity to give back.
2: That's it. That's, that's he made
0: it about him. Brian To'o had the 3 Pete sunglasses on. Mm. Now, everybody was, like when Penrith went up to collect their winner's rings, everybody would have been looking going, ah, To'o, he's just been a bit silly. He's got the three-peat. He's given the sunglasses to the kid as well as the footy. Class act. So that Huge. kid then just goes, wow. Yeah. Like, I think they were a cheap pair of safety glasses with you know, three-peat written in out. Like, it was rubbish. But Brian To'o has... Done that for him. And imagine yeah. how that kid felt. And, oh,
2: and, yeah. and Still got him now. School, Still wearing yeah. him. School on Monday when he gets back. He's Freedom. going to be absolutely the king. Yeah. Um, and Nick Dacos did it well as a, as a kid that was up there. And he asked him how he was and how are you doing? Did you enjoy the day? You know, looked after the kid and said, thank you so much. So, you know, that's where the top is. And then Bo McQuarrie, you are at the bottom end. You are my penis of this week. Do better.
0: Penis of the week. Yep. Mm. All right. Well, that's it, Potty. We're done. Thanks, Morgz. Thanks, Morgz. Thanks for for having me. Yeah, I guess... We've uh, absolutely... Yeah, we've dished out a load of time on this one, so it's probably the most in-depth all sports we've ever done. Yep. So good that you've stuck around.
1: Yep. Your AFL knowledge is just um, spot on, right up there, and your passion for the G... Oh, yeah. Which we've journey. learned is the MCG. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep.
3: Yep.
2: Yep. Look, look, guys, I'm, uh, I'll am i come back next year and when Colin will go back to back and win their 7 Big <laughs> call. Big call. Cool. You heard now, here first.
0: Um, you don't want me to explain to you what happens when people make big calls on this podcast because it usually doesn't go well. No. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm, I make laughs> it. We've, we've
1: all been burned. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, what a fantastic podcast, Potty. It was great to be back. Great. Mate.
1: Fantastic to have you back. We um, limped our way through last week, but um, no, you did
0: well. Mm. You did very well, um, Morgs Again, thank you for for popping in, and um, for all our listeners out there in Narromine, home of the Jets. We say good night
1: and farewell.